0: Uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, my name is Jesse Collings. I'm here with Raj Geary and Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated. Guys, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? You nailed uh, Geary this week. Jesse. I know. I, well I, was, yeah. I just was staring into my mirror saying it over and over like again. Eight years later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know, right? Um, well, I, Raj linked an article, or I don't know, someone on the wrestling Twitter account linked an article I wrote about Zack Ryder in 2013, and I almost like... It was interesting reading it, but I also didn't like reading it. I was like, ah, oh, geez, this is a long time ago. I feel like I've gotten so much better. Uh, but it was interesting <laughs> to read it back. But uh, anyway, the real reason we're here is because we're watching Saturday night's main event. Uh, this is episode four. And the episode we are watching is from October 3rd, 1987. So while we're doing is we're kind of jumping forward in time quite a bit here. Uh, last few weeks, we've been watching. We had a show. It's probably about every six weeks on the calendar. And what we kind of saw is that WWF kind of takes a break during the summer at this point. And now we're back in the fall of '87, and there's new angles. There's a, the show is a, is very different in a lot of ways than the last time we saw it, guys. What do you think? What you think about like this kind of era, like jumping forward in time, where we're kind of like outside of the shadow of WrestleMania, and now we're moving into kind of new angles for the fall.
1: Justin, I'll go ahead and say that I feel like this uh, this Saturday Night's Main Event, it starts a period period of the best storytelling that WWE's ever done with the, the Hogan Macho Man thing. And then we, we'll see Hogan and Bundy over the next couple months leading to Hogan and Andre and their whole thing and the twin brothers. And this is the peak, you know, like before the Hogan-Andre stuff wasn't on Saturday Night's Main Event. It was on Superstars and everything. But as far as Saturday Night's Main Event goes, this was the greatest era, starting with this episode, in my opinion.
2: And Vince really figured out the format, too. But all the guys, like when you think of like old school macho Man, you might think of the guy that was on the broadcast and the Jake the Snake era and Ric Flair matches in WWF. But like to me, like the the, the greatness of macho, like this was the beginning of that run. Yeah. Uh, the, the signature tights, the Miss Elizabeth just everything about this was was so Randy Savage like that's the character you think of Hogan is at his peak Hogan is just i mean i think he's more Hulk Hogan than he is Terry Malaya at this point yeah um uh, it's it's a really good show uh Andre dressed to the nines i really want to focus too on Bret Hart like if you read Bret's book and follow Bret's career Bret talks about how he wears the sunglasses because he was so damn nervous and like Bret's a different guy on the mic he's he's not awkward, but like you could see the evolution of Bret Hart. We saw it in front of our own very eyes. Like he just became a different guy. So there's so many parts of this, and it's it's Bobby Heenan tonight on the <laughs> broadcast instead of instead of the body.
0: Yep, yeah. Heenan has replaced Ventura on the broadcast, and Heenan's also kind of managing the wrestlers, which is a different dynamic. I personally watching, having watched a, a lot of Jesse these last few weeks, and i watching Heenan. I kind of prefer Heenan's style to Jesse Ventura's, and and that's not a knock on Jesse. It's more – Heenan's, like, wittier and funnier, and Ventura's maybe a more serious commentator than Heenan is at times, and Heenan has the added aspect of he's managing these guys and he's on the microphone, which can be kind of annoying. But there's something about Heenan's charm that is so endearing to me as a fan watching this in 2020, Um, and he's really impressive.
1: Heenan's awesome, but to me it's always Vince and Jesse. Saturday night's main event – the peak is
2: Vincent Jesse. And I, I Raj, to tie to that. And I love, I'm a huge Bobby Heenan fan. Yeah. Same. Um, Greatest but, manager of all time. Oh, of course. And, and, and dynamite on the broadcast, but it's funny. If you want the best of Bobby, he is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Bobby is fantastic with gorilla. Like, yeah. I don't think Bobby and Vince just for, it seems so forced. And it even like the open with Vince asking the questions and then calling him a weasel or saying, no, no, Asking about the ch- all the champions, what do they have in common? And Bobby says what? And Vince says none of them are managed by you. It just, if Bobby and Vince, uh, Vince to me seemed so so forced, especially the Savage moment. I would have loved to, to heard Ventura because Ventura had such a respect for for Randy Savage. You know, babyface yeah. or healer. I, I agree. I would have loved. I would have loved the body on this card. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and the body was a lot more aggressive with Vince. He would not he would. Yeah. Uh, he would make his argument and not let Vince get anything back, you know.
2: <laughs> he always had the last word. Obby I mean, would have been great during that Bundy, Bundy match, too, because just to add a little bit of flair ringside, I know Andre added a lot, but it would have been fun. Yeah.
1: So Bruce, uh, Ben, and we had posted this earlier, he said, I think the Mega Powers forming is the biggest moment in Saturday Night's main event history, then second to Mega Powers exploding in February 1989. The only one I would say is bigger would be uh, Andre defeating Hogan for the title. And that wasn't Saturday night's main event. That was the main event, but technically exactly. the same show.
2: Those are the moments, though. Those are, the, yeah.
0: And then, like, yeah, far yeah. beneath that was the. I want to ask you guys this, and then we'll get into this Wait, real quick. Later. Justin, what were we going to say? Well, far sorry. beneath, that, far was beneath
2: what... that is like the sit angle, which was good. It was yeah. Hogan. Uh, even, even Jake and Randy, but like, that wasn't on that level.
1: Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, Jesse, go ahead. No,
0: sorry. Um, but what I wanted to ask you guys is being fans at the time, Hogan had been the WWF champion um, for almost four years, or maybe that's officially four years, a little over four years, when he loses it. And at this point, he's still holding on to the title um, for quite a bit long, and he's got a few more months, obviously, until he gets jobbed out of the title uh, coming up in 1988 when you guys were watching you guys maybe Raj, you said you kind of came to wwf when hogan was already the champion was there the sense that hogan was going to be like this eternal champion that he could never lose because watching these, it's like the title and hogan are synonymous there there's no like world where hogan doesn't have the title what was that like you know being a fan at that time
1: to, to me yeah uh, absolutely hogan he was kind of like in modern day, uh, how Ronda Rousey was before Holly Holm. Just couldn't mm-hmm. lose, and it built the aura. Like, it didn't hurt him that he was always winning. It, it kept building. And You know, you see Ronda Rousey, Tyson back in the day. That that indestructible aura, and then constantly winning, no matter how quick, it's not like people felt ripped off. And, and granted, Hogan is different. He, it wasn't that he was winning quick. He was winning in the same fashion over and over. It was always kind of the same finish, where kicks mm-hmm. out a finisher, hulks up. You know, boot to the face, leg drop, victory. But it worked, and it just kept building and building to where, after he beat Andre, I I didn't see anyone beating him. You know, for a long time.
2: And that's what happened. So Jesse, I'm a little younger than Raj, so I came in a little bit. I came in a couple years later. Um, I love watching this stuff, rewatching it. Um, But so to me, like to me, the big moment was I couldn't believe Hulk lost at WrestleMania six. Couldn't couldn't get past that. Uh, cause Hogan didn't lose at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, so to me, it took a couple more years to kind of get in that full, but obviously, yeah, it, it, it was always a surprise. Even, um, even I've been thinking a lot of the undertaker because of the documentary WWE documentary, like Taker beating Hogan and granted that was the steel chair with Ric Flair si- sliding in the ring. And that to me, that was a huge surprise. You just didn't, it, you weren't accustomed to seeing Hogan. lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime he lost
0: was a huge surprise. Yokozuna, same thing.
1: Um, yeah. You, yeah, it was it was a huge deal.
0: Yeah, and because at that point he had been the pattern had become familiar to all the fans, which was monster comes in wrecks up some people. They face Hogan, they get some heat on Hogan, but Hogan always ends up beating them. So for someone like right. the Undertaker, who looked like he's headed on the path, and like oh my god, this guy actually won.
3: Right. Um,
0: yeah, I totally get it. So we're gonna get things started here on this show again. The episode is from October third, nineteen eighty-seven, on your WWE Network accounts. Um, so I'm going to do a little countdown here and we'll press play, but then we'll immediately press pause to let people who might have commercials uh, on their WWE network, um, let those play out before we get started. So five, four, three, two, one, press play, and then press pause. And then we'll wait about 15, 20 seconds um, on this. This show's is from Hershey, Pennsylvania. of um, interesting, a lot of these shows like aren't from like new york city or philadelphia or boston or any kind of like the big wwe network wwe homes they're kind of from a lot of smaller areas there was one from the from detroit earlier but you know we had the last one was in notre dame indiana um this one's from hershey pennsylvania it's kind of interesting to see kind of the different markets that they were in at the time and where they chose to have these shows
2: yeah i guess he's so a great politician he loves he loves the small market the grassroots campaigning
1: yeah, and I guess they didn't need a Saturday Night's Main Event in a Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden to sell it out. They're selling out Madison Square Yeah,
0: Square I always thought it was interesting with WCW. Like, a lot of their pay-per-views, even when they're at their peak, are in, like, small, or like smaller markets. And maybe that's because WWF was blocking them in some of them. But I know, like, I remember there's the, I think it's Slamboree 98s that's in Worcester at the DCU Center and not in Boston. Justin, I don't know if you know that. Um,
3: Worcester's
2: a, I hate to say Worcester's a hotbed because I sound like such a homer. What's just a good spot for a show? But
0: if you're doing a paper, if you're doing a per view, you'd rather be, you know, at the, the I guess it would be the TD Garden or the Fleet Center. We'd have to
2: look at the dates though, but they did eventually get into the garden for Nitro, uh,
0: yeah, which, yeah. which well,
2: is it, tough it, it, WWE's well, had such a long-standing relationship with
1: them. They didn't do the garden. They did the, uh, and it wasn't Nitro, it was a, a the WCWD did a show at the, the, the side theater, the, uh, it was, it's, a, it's called the Hulu Theater now. It's, oh, yeah, I think it used to be called. I think it was just the MSG Theater.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, Roger, when we, when we say the garden, we mean the TD garden, Boston garden. But yeah. Um, the, oh, the gotcha. Garden, oh, my God. Yeah. We're a little bit of a uh, bias yeah, to. Too. Uh, <laughs> I see.
0: Well, I always thought that the Boston garden is the garden or the garden. And then Madison Square Garden is MSG. And they're kind of two separate things. But then, of course, you like look-
2: my New York roommates from college would disagree, but I'm with you 100%.
0: Yeah, it's MSG and it's the garden. Two separate ones. Anyway, uh, I hate to alienate New Yorkers because they're probably one of our biggest markets. But all right, we're all going to press play, uh, get the show started. I'm going to five, four, three, two, one, go.
1: So I I decided to switch my view. So I'm watching the TV
2: now instead of the computer. I'm looking down, Yeah. (laughs) Funny how, I mean, we are the last, we've been watching, what, this is our third one now, right? yeah And we've what? been so focused Sorry. on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. You don't mm-hmm. hear his name. I mean, Ricky is a figment of your imagination at this point. Like, he is just a nobody. And we,
0: we've moved on to the honky-tonk man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's as one, as one of happy. those things that has happened. He's, yeah As far um, as
1: this year goes, this has been the year of the Macho Man as far as the Saturday Night's main event goes. He's been on everyone. He's been the feature part. And, here and Rush, kind of one
2: of the one of the coolest are to me the best turns in wrestling are one of two things. It's like a big surprise. Like, I love the Seth Rollins turn on the Shield right. in what was that 2014? Which we're dating ourselves. But the to me, the, the great ones are the ones when the crowd turns and the crowd turned Randy Savage, right? And so, that's I, I love those. Ones. Even Daniel Bryan, like when he was in the Wyatts, like there was a lot more to that program. They couldn't run, the crowd right. just didn't want it. Lo- it's fun right. when the crowd demands something. And Savage is one of those early, probably the first Mania main eventer. Well, Hogan, but Hogan they were building as. Right. But kind of someone that maybe wasn't planned. Right. Um, But Randy Savage is one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, Savage Savage
1: originally wasn't supposed to win the title at WrestleMania 4. So we got Hogan versus Sika. Sika, who is Roman Reigns' dad. Um, Sika just ate the, bit the head off a chicken, which can't do that today.
0: PETA would be all over that. Well one of the big things that I'd say the biggest difference between the shows we were watching in this show is that Savage has become a baby face over this time period. And like you said, Justin's real organic. It wasn't like there was a big angle to do it. He wins the, he's won the King of the ring a month before he beat King Kong Bundy in the final, but we're really kind yeah, of that wasn't into, televised. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like the King of the ring back. This then. was just a quietly,
1: like he had been well, getting baby well, face well, reactions on TV and then they booked him against honky tonk, man.
2: If I'm not yeah, mistaken, look, I don't
1: think there was any, there was nothing that turned him until tonight was, like, the official. This, this show was the official turn.
2: Mm-hmm. To his credit, Wait, Honky yeah. helps. Honky with saying oh. he's going to take Elizabeth home. Like, Honky played that role. And I love, I don't know, something about if you guys played, man, what was the name of it? It was, like, Superstars, I think. Raj, maybe you did. It was in the arcade when we were kids. Yeah. And it was, like, a cartoon WWF game. And yeah. Honky's, we were in those light blue tights. I love right. Honky yeah. in those light blue. Yeah. It yeah. just, yeah. to me, screams. 1980s wrestling, uh, the greatest intercontinental game of all time. Yeah, um, fun game
1: too. Absolutely, uh, Bruce Bennett well, well, noting that Hogan over the years on Saturday Night's main event didn't get his hand raised much. Granted, countouts. Yeah, it was always usually setting up his feud or ending it. So usually you'd have him lose by countout, then he'd win, then he loses. But yeah, he lost a lot. He lost to uh, Bundy and the Genius, um, and th- there's been a you know Andre getting pinned. But usually he'd win. You know, he beat Nikolai and Bundy eventually, and and Sika. Uh, not spoiler alert, but Hogan wins tonight. Uh.
2: <laughs> what? It's just funny. The Samoans yeah. s- split. It just it's like half, and you know, it was you know you need you need the full team to me with this. I don't know why, but I think this is. It's not much longer after that. Sika's teaming with Yokozuna like a, a kid. A young young Yokozuna on the Indies. I feel like after your absence WWE, so it's only a year or two after this. Now Yoko, yeah. granted well, his come in co- for a while.
3: Does it was Sika. It wasn't Tama. So
1: what
2: I think at the very
1: this end. Sika. No Sika so- at the very beginning for yes, Rodney. Okay, because it was Samu and Tama yes, that Sika came in later, means- and they were going to come in with Yokozuna. Originally, they debuted in the in, in, in dark matches as a threesome, and they they gave yokozuna a separate gimmick which
2: and if you look at that match yeah i'll call him rod yoko yoko has the long flowing hair like it's hard to picture him in a main event spot in that role maybe he would have maybe we're just so used to seeing him as yokozuna so it's it's hard to kind of you know revise that in your mind but um i'm pretty sure maybe jesse i can look it up too um did you remember that did yoko Mm -hmm. team with sika
0: Yeah, Sika team... So this is almost the end of Sika's career. He retires basically in 1988. I think he did some matches after that. But he's pretty much done with the WWF really after this match, if I recall correctly. And he does start teaming up with um, Rodney Inouye, who I believe is his nephew. It's not his son. Definitely not his son, Yeah, his sons are Roman Reigns and uh, Rosie. But I believe... I want to say Rodney Inouye is is um off a of sun. But regardless, yeah, this is basically the end and basically what the reason Sika is in this match is because they the match was originally scheduled to be Kamala versus Hulk Hogan. And as we saw on the last one that Hulk Hogan um Kamala had gotten beaten up, but Kamala leaves the company and then so they kinda have no one to and they just kinda replace him with Sika, which is why he's in this match tonight. My
2: favorite Sika story is WrestleMania thirty two. I don't know if it's true or not, but you know, yeah. Seth Rollins cashes in is red hot. Like they were like they, they had a like they were, they were all fired up that, that, that Roman didn't win. That wasn't the right time for Roman. That that Mania is a great finish and I guess you'd have a different perspective had that been your son. But um Yeah. You, you know
1: it, it would have been interesting to see how that Mania went if uh if the whole Daniel Bryan thing didn't happen. You know. Absolutely. That that definitely same thing with Batista the year before. Um it definitely changed, you know, they were expecting him in the Rumble, the the Batista year he wasn't in it, even though he was never advertised, he was in another match, and fans went crazy, booed, them, booed him out of the building, and then the next year they threw him out early like a piece of trash, and that was even worse, so, and Reigns caught the brunt of it.
2: And it was, I lo- actually, I didn't mind the, if you remember, wait, no, we're officially off track, that Macho Man uh, outfit is phenomenal. The whole, from top whole to
0: Well, this is the danger zone promo. That's uh, that's
2: that's my favorite Macho Man outfit. I think is that the the, the silver and black.
0: So, I was it a party?
2: I was covering. I was covering it. Uh, y- you know, wrestling. You, you meet you meet some interesting people. And I was at a. I was. I wanted an interview. I think with Jimmy Hart, or maybe it was Ricky Steamboat. And I was working on the Savage piece. He said, "I'm going to be outside of Boston at the, my, my my editor. We went to get Francis, and I went together. It was it was a wild party." And we just did, we didn't drink, we didn't meet, we just had interviewed the talent. And Ricky Steamboat was a dentist. And the guy had, he uh, collected wrestling memorabilia. And he had that, he had that, um, uh, what do you call it, a cape or a, he had that in um, possession. So it was fun to see people were trying it. You know, I'm trying to think who else was there. Uh, Fred Ottman was there. Just a, one of those nights where you're like, is this really happening? So,
1: yeah.
2: Um, but that, yeah. When I think of the Macho Man, I think of a night like this. Yeah, Fred Ottman, so, I've, like quick...
1: I've always wanted to ask. I've always wanted to ask Tugboat, uh, Fred ottman who was Tugboat, um, why he was taken out of that SummerSlam main event in the last the last minute. You remember that SummerSlam uh, is eighty nine or ninety, where he was in Hogan's corner, <laughs> and then you had, uh, gosh, who was it? It was Hogan. Bruce. I court. think it was ninety, wasn't it? Am I wrong? Who was that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. It was 90. Because yeah. 89 was Zeus. Yeah, so 90. And he had uh So Tugboat was supposed to be in his corner at, like a week before they did an injury angle and then it was the big boss man who was wrestling earlier. But then Tugboat was still Tugboat a week later. Now, yeah. I know Bruce Pritchard had said that they had, they were going to change his gimmick, but it was clear at that time they hadn't changed it yet. So he could still could have done the
2: corner gig. So it's really weird. I, uh, so, like, I love the attention to detail here, too. Like I love the fact, and you know, it's funny Jesse Ventura is not on the broadcast, but they talk about early on how Honky wants to come out first, and then they they give a what, thirty right. second interview where Honky says the crowd wants him, and he's going to give them what they want. So I love the fact that like yeah. there's no thought. I, I always bring this back to like nitpicking now and griping now, but I love the fact there was a reason the champion came out first. It's because he wanted to.
1: Yeah, there was an attention to detail back then stuff like that we don't see now yeah yeah now it's just there's so, no rhyme or reason
0: so basically i wanted to do like just like a quick recap Air continental championship which we last saw was ricky steamboat and they were doing a ricky steamboat versus savage angle to kind of set up a big rematch between them but shortly after that steamboat asks for time off and he drops the title and honky-tonk man ends up getting the title kind of Randomly, because he was around, they were who, is it? who did they want to? Get? I forget off the top of my head who they wanted to give the title to, but like they weren't at the That's show. It. Butch Reed, yeah, Butch Reed was supposed to get the title, which would have been very probably had a big impact on Butch Reed's career um, in the WWF. But basically, Butch Reed's not there, so they give it to the Honky Tonk Man, and Honky Tonk Man basically ends up holding the title for like 470 days or something like that. It's the longest reigning, still to this day, the longest reigning Intercontinental Championship run of all time. And it was when he started calling himself the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time that Savage kind of took exception to that and is kind of part of Savage's babyface turn, which is that now he's wrestling Honky Tonk Man, who really is just like a pure heel. That's he's There's nothing babyface about him at all. And this is how much titles could make a wrestler, too,
1: because Honky Tonk Man without that title is not a main eventer. It's not a big deal. He's entertaining, but with that intercontinental title they were able to headline b-show someone chasing it was a big deal and uh you know when you treat your titles important
2: it 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 can make a wrestler raj it's funny Mm -hmm. you say that there's no shine to honky at wrestlemania 3 like i know he has jake and alice cooper's there but it's like it's nice to look back on but uh, to me honky didn't mean anything it didn't nearly mean as much till he had that IC belt and it helped too that there wasn't there weren't any more secondary titles. Like, if you right. were a champion, you were the world champ, or you were the intercontinental champ. So it was the right. It was the right time. And uh, you talk about great stories. Like Jesse, Hunty holds the belt, holds the belt. It's infuriating by the end, and then it's it's not a classic by any means. But when he lose, when he drops the belt at Summer, you know SummerSlam a couple years later to the Warrior, it's phenomenal. It's just like one of those moments that and he um, gets like squashed. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was. 40 seconds
1: or whatever. I mean, I remember just jumping out of my
3: jumpsuit
2: I think that? he was still wearing the jumpsuit. Yeah. 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 It was
0: perfect. It's like, it's I mean, like it was like 10 seconds. Well, hon- well at the t- up until this point in time, really the intercontinental championship was seen as the workers belt, Right. And it was kind of the people For who a had the time best after. matches on the show.
3: Yeah. And a lot of time Not after point, and honky
0: yeah. and honky. <laughs> right, while yeah. he's a good character and a good heel, is like a terrible wrestler. Like he's really bad. His offense looks terrible. He doesn't have long matches. His matches almost always end in countouts or disqualifications. Jesse, they um, almost
2: always start too with him like being chased. Like the first like six right. minutes of a hockey talk man, our textbook, like he, he go like this match is rare. He he wrestles Randy for like I think it's close to 20 minutes. Yeah, it's a good match.
0: I mean, this this is is supposed to tell you the talent of Savage
1: also back in, you know, back in that And the
0: angle's good. good. It's Honky is after Miss Elizabeth. And unlike unlike the George Steele, uh, like Elizabeth-Savage dynamic, this is much more clear as far as, like, Honky is like a piece of garbage who's going after Elizabeth. And Savage is defending Elizabeth from Honky's unwanted advances. Mm. Um, And it really helps this angle in this match as far as just it's a clear story. And you have a really good baby face in a heel who knew how to get heat outside the ring.
1: Yeah. So Savage here, uh, real quick. John Colombo saying Earthquake and Hogan was a great feud in my opinion. Yeah, that that I was uh, Yeah, that was the formula. You know, you bring in these giant monsters and have them destroy Hogan, and then Hogan beats them eventually. But yeah, I I, I enjoyed it uh Bruce Banner what was to hate in ring outfits in detail and Miss Elizabeth what's to hate exactly
2: yeah some guys are, are you can tell me the macho man's a bad guy all day right. right who cares like he is he is so intense so likable so charismatic i'm with you yeah. um yeah
3: yeah
1: savage was it, he was just so cool to like and uh i realized it was a WrestleMania 5, when Savage lost to Hogan, is when I realized that Macho Man was my favorite wrestler. Because going into it, I was telling myself as a kid that I'm going for Hogan. Like, Hogan's the good guy, Macho Man's the bad guy. And during that match, I was getting... And, and at the end, when Hogan hulked up, I was like, oh, come on. Don't let it end like this. Um, and when Hogan won, I found myself mad. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I really didn't want Hogan to win.
2: There's a lot of parallels you can make between Cena and Punk. You know, like Cena in that Hulk role. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Punk just being so charismatic and so real, right. so authentic in his character, he had a lot of sandwich.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so Jimmy Hart got knocked out. I think we all here. have that. And now point. the Hart Foundation are coming out. Bret Hart, Jim Night Nighthart. It's just I, I all think Hall Famers all here except for Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man has been approached for the Hall of Fame, hasn't
0: accepted yet. He will be there soon. Yeah, he might as well. He might as well get in. There's no reason why he shouldn't. He's a name that people
3: recognize.
0: Those walkways to the
2: ring were super long back then, too. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. it it depends on the arena. They're not in, like, a big arena. I think the attendance on this is, like, a little under 10,000. It's, like, 9,700 or something like that. But they're in Hershey, Pennsylvania. They are
2: piping in crowd noise left and right. There's one point near the end of the show where, like, there's nothing in the ring and you hear the crowd going nuts. It's like... Well, you
1: you got to remember back then they used to these uh, TV tapings would be like eight hours. I don't know if yeah. you ever went to one back in the day, but they would tape like you know four weeks of TV and and then uh, then they had the dark matches and then your main event and it, they just lasted forever.
0: Who's Brett saying Honky Tonk Man was in the Hall of Fame last year? Yeah, which I sounds so. vaguely familiar. But he was. He, Honky
2: Tonk got in with. I think he was in the DX class. No, it was the it was the year that Brett got attacked. He's right. Brett got attacked because Honky lost all the weight and he came to the ring in his it was like a white jumpsuit. He's right, because cause that was the one where they did it in the ring and Brett got attacked. Bruce is right. Because Jimmy introduced
1: I didn't see that one because that was the one that was flying back from New York at that time.
2: That was uh, when I
1: came back, the story was Brett getting attacked.
2: Right, Beefcake Hogan, that was that one. Yeah, he's right. He's on oh, Oh,
0: my bad. So all I I
2: I, I didn't remember it either. So all Hall of Famers here.
0: And Honky doesn't I can't remember like he he has like he's part of like the rhythm and blues tag team yeah. but he doesn't really have that long of a career in WWF. He has a really long Intercontinental Championship reign, but I can't I can't think he's around for like more than 3 or 4 years. Yeah, it was like 87
1: point. to 91 maybe. And but Garage he's a kind the of point when when he doesn't have the belt, he's kind of a different guy. Yeah, but when he has the belt, he's a draw and that's cuz that belt Absolutely. is a draw. Yeah. And, and, and it was and then you could and it built about... Randy Savage because uh this feud, even though Savage never won this feud, um it built him. You know, that was more Bruce Career's <laughs> villain. Yeah, villain for
0: Savage to wrestle. Yeah.
2: yeah, and it I mean Steamboat was great too, but it's very different. Uh yeah. you know, like you said, Honky was the heel, he played it so well, he, he knew his role, he played his role. Um yeah. Yeah. Steamboat. Isn't it weird to talk
1: about the, when you mentioned the Hall of Fame last year? Doesn't that feel like five years ago?
0: When... You could tell me it was seven or eight, and I'd, oh yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: the Hall of Fame. I can. I used to be able to tell you every single year, like people went into the WWE Hall of Fame. But like last like four or five years, as I've stopped really kind of caring about it, I've completely loved, like I I, don't, I can't remember who's in or who's who's not in, and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's really hard for me to keep up with the Hall of Fame as far as like who's in and who's not. To so go
2: down this rabbit hole real quick because uh, Owens' widow. Dr. Martha Hart made these comments, I, I think the CBS Sports, uh, mm-hmm. when they were uh, promoting um, the Dark Side episode, which was I mean, heartbreaking, but it was out, outstanding yeah. um, as well. She mentioned how it's like not even a hall- hallway of fame. And I agreed WWE should like make something. They should have something where it's, I don't know, right. a little more real. But right. to me, I'll never criticize the Hall of Fame because the talent, like it means the world to wear those Hall of Fame rings and it it certainly impacts their bookings and how much they, how many zeros they can put on it. Like I, I think to me the Hall of Fame's real because their careers are real, right? All the yeah. time on the road is real. Um but I I see both sides, but I'd never knock a talent. I mean, they put a lot of work to have that recognition.
1: Yeah, it
3: means yeah a when pe- of
0: when people say yeah.
1: when people say like uh when they laugh at like the bushwhackers or Coco Beware, these were memorable characters in the most popular time. Of pro wrestling in the modern era, arguably. I mean, you could say the Attitude Era as well, but you know, you had way more viewers on our Saturday nights main event than a the Attitude yeah. Era.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's at more this popular, point, let them all I, I don't know. I mean,
1: it's not more popular.
0: What's that? Well, like wrestling, wrestling's it, more popular like across the country, like in like 1980, than it is in like 1988.
1: No, no,
3: no, no. Yeah, no, 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 it no, is. No, no,
0: you, you had the territories, but you did
1: not yeah, have any Star- show you, you had them no, doing no, big that's ratings. What I mean. The company is bigger, but as far as like no, the number the, the of the number of people like, that watched shows. each week, you if no, you no, add no, up no, all no. those territories, it did not
0: equal what a Saturday night's main oh, event no, was. No, but it did because they were all the most popular like, basically the most popular shows in their region. If you had like if you if you I mean like it did You had like four territories that were hot. You didn't oh, have no, like, not you not didn't, you didn't all. have 30. I, honestly, titles, I don't but... want to yeah. jump down this whole. Cause this is a whole other argument. but it's like yeah. a misconception that wrestling was like overall more popular, like in the end of the eighties. In really really
1: 1980, you, see, didn't have any household... you didn't have any household names, you know, outside of Ric Flair. He wasn't did. there yet. They were just regional.
0: That's but not a household name. They weren't in their house.
1: In your time, I'm talking nationally, like but, a, you know, drawing how many viewers you're drawing nationally? How many? Well, the uh, company
0: is bigger. Like WWF is a bigger company than any other individual company. Wrestling like was way obviously. bigger
1: in '88 than '1980, and you can and it went mainstream. So it's,
2: it wasn't
0: just it wrestling was.
1: fans
2: too. It was it was bigger? It was MTV. It was, I mean, Hogan was everywhere. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to compare uh, the territories to. Like it is, it is on fire right now. Yeah. Good to see you guys go at it a little bit though. <laughs> I mean, I, I I lived during these eras. I you know it. uh I always feel like Jesse's just calling us old when
0: he's like, "You guys lived through it." It's like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm happy you I guys know. are here." It would suck if it was just I'm me. Kidding. Everyone would be mad at me because they're like, "Ah, that guy doesn't know what he's talking Savage about." Savage Hitting the flying
1: elbow here on Honky Tonk, beautiful. And Bret Hart running in, and we got the
2: DQ. And the Honky Special getting DQ'd.
3: It's and this angle is
2: so great. It, 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 you could argue i mean it's special in the moment but it aged even better because like Mm. anvil's a legend brett's brett right right uh honky's honky randy randy hulk elizabeth like it's one of those rare things that that somehow got better with age right um kind of like rock rock um rock hogan uh, something like that like they're bigger stars 10 years later right in some way than they were here but the fact this is a young Bret hart and a young anvil um and i think we talked about this I, i don't know raj if you said it or jesse said it but one of you two said that Jim was kind of the star of the team. When they when they do their interview later in the show, and, and Gene gets upset and walks out of them, you could argue the animal's the one and the hitman's the two in his team at this point. Like yeah. Jim's so much more confident on on in his interviews. Uh, he knows the character so well. I agree with Bruce uh, Hulk on Sports Illustrated. It's like it was huge. I have a tr- I have a
0: trivia question. I have a trivia question. I haven't got one right yet. I'm ready. I got- who is the other... Uh, Hulk Hogan was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Who is the other pro wrestler to appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated?
2: I know the answer to this. Give me a second. Let me think. I know the answer. Raj, do you know it?
1: Jim Ross is R- Ronda Rousey doesn't count?
2: No, it's from yeah. uh, like three yeah. decades before Hulk. It's like from the 60s. Yeah. It's, uh oh, Justin. Knows it. Yeah. Ernie Ladd? Uh, think of Chad Gable. Who's Chad G- who are some of Chad Gable's inspirations? Uh... Danny Hodge, uh Danny Hodge,
0: oh, on maybe. the cover of like a 1956 edition of Sports so Illustrated. Real
1: quick, now you have Honky shoved. Honky's about to Honky hit savage takes, with the guitar. Honky takes so in. long.
0: He takes so long to hit him with the. Kite. Oh, it's so he great! Turns it it's just, dramatic. It's turns so dramatic. He throws it
2: the other. He puts it in the middle. And the great, jumps in and, and he gets it right again. Here.
1: Yeah, they don't rush it, you know. Elizabeth's pleading, oh. and Honky's telling her to get out of the way. It's not like he just instantly gets her out of the way. Elizabeth's pleading. Here it comes Honky's trying to swing, and then ooh, he shoved her. And any fan during this period was so mad.
2: And he, in the gyrating over her, it was like right. He's so dastardly. I, it, you can't overstate how good Elizabeth was for somebody that didn't want to be a wrestler necessarily, or. Or, like, she was just perfect in that role. I mean, everything she did, she made so more believable. Uh, WrestleMania 6, that big appearance, that return, WrestleMania 7, like, everything Liz did, man, it was just so good. Yeah, absolutely. Never felt forced. Mm -hmm. But here he goes again. He puts it on one side, the other, and then in the middle, and then he pops him. And now I was talking.
1: Elizabeth running to the back. Honky's still taking his time. People are still not thinking it's going to happen. You like really you, think you, he's you're watching not gonna and do it. you think he's, it's, something's going to happen. He's not going to yeah, do it. You really and don't then, think he's going to do it.
2: Bam! He nails him. A very different chair shot than the one Jake Roberts took a few months earlier. Right. Fortunately for Savage.
0: Yeah. I love Heenan, where his his comment is just look at the size of that hole. He, Savage's yeah. head is huge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bobby was great. We talked about Now you see left, Elizabeth right. coming out with
2: Hogan. Yeah. Now, this was a huge deal. And that's the scene they capture in uh, You Only Knew, the music video. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking that's of music video, we got the pile track music video. Right.
1: Runs it's in. And now they're beating down on Hulk. This is Bret oh, Hart. Bret Hart and we- Hogan, you know, kind of. Putting the chops to each other back in this era, and to think where they'd be ten years later, you know, right? Or or thirty for that
2: matter, you know what right. I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, 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 they're both in the WWE uh, 2K20 commercial together, and you could tell—you could still tell that Brett doesn't like Hulk. Well, now, so we,
2: Hogan. We did one of my favorite stories of that day was uh, I was there for a couple days for for interviews. You got to go on site. Yeah. I wasn't there for the whole thing, but. I was there the day that Sean and Brett were there. And, like, I'm sure there's a, it's at some point they get along, and they're they're both really successful. But one of my favorite moments was it was Sean standing here and Brett here and both looking the other way. Like, <laughs> I, I actually love that commercial, though. I think that yeah. when they shake that scene that they all shake hands, he says, Brett, Sean, Austin pats Hogan on the shoulder and kind of gets in his face. It, yeah. It's a really well-done commercial. I, yeah. I like it a lot. And then is game, when you were talking
1: – so now Hogan – uh, Savage offered his hand. Hogan, again, took a little bit, finally accepted it. And you can see the crowd. They're going nuts. This wasn't the sweetened crowd noise. You look, they do the wide shot here. Crowd is just going nuts. Hogan, Elizabeth, Savage celebrating. A superstar is born.
0: Well, you, this you guys elevated cor- Macho
1: Man to main event level. You
0: guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but Hogan had teamed up with Mr. T like in the past, but Hogan really didn't have like a partner, um, a babyface partner that was like a star close to his equal. Um, right so for by him like kind of endorsing savage it's like it really takes like you say roger takes savage up to a next level and it's almost like hogan introducing this guy's like right. this guy and me were the mega powers it's not me like it's not like i'm star the biggest right. star and this guy's my understudy it's these guys are two stars and it's hogan kind of putting savage on that level yeah that's a good point bruce again with the the trivia yeah or, after
3: uh,
1: after savage turned on hogan uh when the mega powers exploded how crazy that hogan threw brett and sean against the wall backstage yeah hogan was looking for savage and he's like where are they at where are they at Grab sean and then he grabs brett so it's like you know where or they with, where they would be you know again ten or years or they, you gave me
2: an idea for a story if, if that ever runs reach out and i'll have a thank you for you but that's a, a, a phenomenal what a mind you have for, for wrestling <laughs> yeah
3: I'm gonna put out
0: this comment, if only because in WCW Booker T wrestled uh, like Big T, uh, who was like a, a wrestler in yeah, WCW in the Johnson. letter. Yeah, yeah, it was Ahmed Johnson, and it was the, whoever won got to use the letter T. They owned the copyright for letter T.
2: Yeah,
0: that's that was during WCW's uh, free. <laughs> it ball. was geek era. I don't think yeah. I don't <laughs> think it popped the rating.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, so this was the, I mean this was the main event, even though this was one of those rare cases where Hogan's. Yeah. Uh, match was not. The title. Yeah, now we got Sika in the ring. Hogan so, and Sika. You could, put, you
2: could put Fuji with the weirdest villain, and he would make he would make the guy scarier, more believable. Like, who? Another guy? Like
0: the, like the the supporting cast here yeah. is so incredible. So, do you guys have you guys ever heard the origin story for how the Wild Samoans like got into wrestling? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, so they're in San Francisco where Peter and Maya Villa, the Rock's grandfather is like a big star and he would draw the Samoan population uh, into the, into like the, the crowds and they would get really into the matches. And when there were these two big guys who always sat ringside and they thought everything was a work or everything was a shoot. So they would like terrorize the heel wrestlers and the heel wrestlers were terrified of these giant Samoan guys. I think there's a one story I think Pat Patterson told where they ripped the bolted up chairs out of the ground off the ground and try to get into the ring and they have to be like restrained by like 300 security guards and so basically peter Mayavia ended up smarting smartening them up being like hey guys like it's it's not real like stop trying to kill the heels and they actually got into wrestling that way and that's how they kind of became into wrestling and that's kind of how they started their friendship with peter Mayavia and ended up considering themselves brothers or blood brothers which kind of you know is why the rock is related to roman reigns and all that stuff they're not biologically related but from a family aspect they are related and it's a really interesting I, story
1: I, I like how they have uh, hogan on here uh you know doing this promo even though he was just out you know without was he, he, dry i mean yeah you, you can't nitpick those things well like they had a the,
2: commercial uh, break too though so it kind of yeah. made sense jesse those stories always whether it's true or not i think you know the, the more time you spend around wrestling the more time he you knows. question it could certainly be accurate but it always makes me think back to like um if people are if anyone watching as a Yankee fan um, or baseball I fan, but know. El Duque Orlando Hernandez was such a great pitcher. And Raj, I don't know if you know his story at all, but he defected from Cuba, and the story was like he you know got on like a raft and barely made it over. And you know the, the kind of the backstory was the whispers was that wasn't the story. It was just kind of a a made for TV with El Duque. Who knows? Yeah. But with wrestling, I love that. Like who knows? It reminded me that story. Jesse reminded me of um, Dustin's entry into WWF. It with uh D, it's a diviase match and um and he like diviase goes in the crowd and throws some shots at dustin and that's the, whether it's true or not i don't know that's kind of the fun of wrestling i suppose they make you question yeah i love the comment somebody said tastes like chicken i'll take your i'll take your word <laughs> yeah, they, for it
1: when i was grimacing earlier they were showing sika eating that chicken uh so
0: yeah roman reign's dad here in action yeah, and like I said, well, this, is kinda, this is kind of, this is kind of the end of Sika's career. He only has about a year left before he kind of retires. But v- him and his brother, very successful wrestling trainers, they trained a lot of talent at the Wild Samoans oh, Wrestling yeah. School.
1: Alpha. And they mm-hmm. just recently shut it down due to the the pandemic.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that's happening with a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of wrestling schools. Um, just seeing on social media, you know, there's some crowd, crowd, you know, crowdfunding, GoFundMe, trying to save some of these wrestling academies. But these are not, you know, these are not big money operations in a lot of cases, and a lot of times they're totally reliant on to keep recruiting new students and and that kind of thing. And it's unfortunate to see schools like the Wild Samoans Academy, which has turned out so much talent, not being able to continue to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Roger, I got to ask you while well, Hogan, and again, this is a young, hungry Hulk, uh, still, still trending up had, had I'm going back to thinking of Samoans thinking of Yokozuna had he wrestled as a as a true Samoan not the yoko character what was his name is it Kokina yeah kokina right. what what's the ceiling there is there a ceiling
1: yeah uh, yeah i mean i i think he would have been like uh, kurgan you know like yeah. uh, just kind of a he makes a difference when he's in the ring it's a sideshow thing but it dies out quick i think because of his size and how he moved, they would have probably repackaged him eventually. Probably wouldn't have got the Yokozuna gimmick, but you know mm-hmm. something similar to like what they gave Umaga.
2: But
0: well, Fu- um, Fuji
2: was good too. Fuji was very very good with it. That's like yeah. Fuji's last. I think that's his last like great moment too. Yeah, yeah. Fuji was, and then they brought Cornet in, but right.
1: Fuji I mean, they great. had him manage like Jarrett, which was uh, the most yeah. random, uh, random oh, group man. duo ever. But yeah, that was Robert, his last. One.
0: Rob Van Dam. Who? Which is Ricardo Rodriguez and Rob Van Dam? Oh, That's okay. always the most random pairing. And he, Ricardo came out wearing like the airbrushed outfit. Tougher <laughs> to rule of the hour on Rob Van Dam than it is on Alberto Del Rio, too. So. <laughs> so,
2: so this was your very
1: basic Hogan match that just worked, you know. It, you, Makes it, me think
2: of Kurt Hanning very briefly. Only when the guys could could knock their head back and did the long hair. It looks so much more believable. Henning was a master at it. you can see uh, Seek is good too. Um, obviously not Henning, but a very different style. He's a monster.
0: Yeah. Um, well, the wild Samoans was really successful. I mean, we know about them because they mainly because they spawned such a great wrestling family, really successful tag team wrestlers wrestled everywhere, all over the world, not just WWF for a good 15 years after kind of breaking in in an unconventional way. And this is kind of, like I said, this is kind of the end of Seek career. I want, I think Afa might already be retired. Um, this point, but yeah, Sika yeah. had been tagging Sika had been tagging with Kamala Which is why Kim Chi is out there With him and he has two managers And like I said this match was supposed to be Kamala Versus Hogan Kamala leaves the company I think in a pay dispute the month before And they say oh, whatever we'll we'll do, go with Sika But it's definitely He's definitely um, I don't want to say not convincing For Hogan's opponents but I don't think anyone really Thought that Sika was going to win this match
2: No So you probably could have put anybody in there, and it wouldn't have. Nobody would have thought otherwise.
0: What about um, Kamala?
2: The next time we see Kamala is the Taker feud. Is that right? Kamala went to WCW. No, back back in the Federation.
1: Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That was what nineteen ninety one, maybe ninety two. Years
2: removed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Fuji with the cane.
1: Yeah, and it. Oh, he he didn't actually hit him with it, so it wasn't a DQ. Hogan gets it. He's gonna hit Fuji. Referee grabs the cane.
0: Hogan See, why, couldn't, the ref. why couldn't Hogan hit Fuji with the cane? He just can't hit Seiko with it, right? Well,
2: you, want, you wonder too how many
0: more action figures
2: that sold, like the Fuji LJN figure, had, came with a cane. Right? <laughs> I don't know. It, it just added to the, <laughs> yeah. the excitement.
0: Uh, what? Gonna,
1: you don't want it to escalate if Hogan's gonna hit Fuji with the cane then there's a good chance he's gonna hit Sika. So. What
0: is the worst like or most unconvincing like f- repeated foreign object in wrestling history? I'd like to hear people's answers on that because I never bought Finley Shillelagh. I know it's a uh, like a walking stick in Ireland like I never bought that it like would decimate the guys like it was like a you know made out of steel or something but Fuji's cane isn't that convincing. That to me. At least. Really quick, quick, Hogan just went for a splash. I don't think I've ever seen Hogan do that,
2: except for this yeah, match. It, or it hit it, especially. I actually think, to Jesse's point, maybe it wasn't believable that Sika would win. They work a good match, though. It's a pretty entertaining, like... This is. You can see Sika S- is just, like, a, a pro's pro. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, Sika physically is convincing, which is really all you need, because Hogan's such a good baby face that's easy to get the heat on him, get the managers involved, you know, get the heat on him. Hogan hoaxed up, makes the comeback. Everyone, like... People really liked working with Hogan, A, because he was – your paychecks were much bigger when you're working with Hogan, and B, he was just easy to work with because he was so over. It was easy for a heel to get heat on him because the fans would boo anything that you did against him.
2: I guess I'm a rookie at this. Uh, So the last couple weeks I didn't realize we could look at the live comment chain. I'm reading it tonight. They're they're making me laugh. Somebody, Some of these (laughs) usernames too. (laughs) <laughs> are, are outrageous um somebody said Cherry's purse that was yeah. a that's a good one yeah, there yeah is. Um, you know what actually for me
1: it is uh would be triple h's sledgehammer because no one with half a brain would think you could hit someone with a sledgehammer and they're not yeah, dead same. or comatose. It's way too like it. unbelievable. I,
0: yeah, I never liked that because he also never swung it the way you would swing a sledgehammer. Yeah, always like, hand, That's hand, why hand, steel hand chair is perfect because you, you hit it the way you would actually hit someone with a steel chair and you could sell knucks. the idea that it would hurt. Yeah, brass knucks are perfect.
1: Yeah, uh, I never I yeah, never I, bought I, into
2: the – I know we saw with Adrian Donis a couple of weeks ago, but I never bought into – I wish I had my – Yes, I am a model pin on right now. But the uh cologne, the arrogance, it was yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. It was a little bit over overboard, but yeah. in mind. There was the
0: urn. Even which, though his,
1: which, his his uh his feud with uh Jake the Snake was pretty cool. I loved
0: it, <laughs> loved it, loved it.
2: Loved the blindfold match.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I liked, I I liked like the urn. And the an urn would hit, hurt if you hit it, but the way Paul Bear swung it, it was clear like it wouldn't actually hurt if it hit you. Like he would, he would, not, like, he would really no go one, over the head.
2: Jesse, but no like one he got said, hurt
0: when Paul Bear hit him
1: with it, right? It would always. uh
2: But Hogan goes into the urn in that Survivor Series and and throws I don't know what it is ash into, into Smoke, into, yeah yeah into uh it was the power was of Tuesday the in, that may have been Tuesday, Tuesday in, in Texas, Texas, Texas yeah yeah the that's titles, and match. then he
1: rolled him up or something to win right after yeah yeah.
2: One of my favorite Vince pay-per-views. We just got your money at Survivor Series. <laughs> can we just take like twenty more dollars from you each? I'm exactly. Like,
1: we... we teased that Randy Savage was going to be wrestling tonight, but <laughs> you got to pay another twenty. It's actually going to be on Tuesday. Come
2: on. <laughs> One of my favorites.
1: Yeah. There's yeah, what, a weird, what a weird cast or a luger steel plate. Yeah. Great point. Good, good calls. I yeah. think the
0: steel. You know, I think the steel plate, like that's his finishing move. I thought that was kind of BS. But I like the cast. The cast makes sense as far as like if someone hits you with the forearm and they have a cast on, it would hurt more than a normal forearm.
2: We yeah. should have realized with Lex back back in the day that when your finisher is a steel plate in your forearm, it, you're not gonna be the guy. So Inter- <laughs> perfect. Like why do why do we even um who was it? It was Lance Archer recently said I know we did like a media tour before Double or Nothing. Uh, WWE didn't want him to use the blackout like this guy's got this badass move. It, it's awesome. You don't want him to use it, but... Well,
3: I mean, it's that, like, why? why
1: uh, other than you're just doing this power play that you think you know better, but... If you do, let him do it, it and it, it, it won't work. Yeah, it's like happened for so it. long. And him,
0: him, the thing with Archer is that he's gone on the record. He went to WWE, and the idea is, like, you see Archer now, and you're like, how did people drop the ball on this guy? He's huge. He's got a great look. He's a really good worker. He's agile. He's And he's been around forever, when he went to WWE, he said like they didn't want him to be the monster. You know, whether they had too many monsters or you can't do a choke slam because that's Kane's move, and he can't do a power bomb because that's this person's move, or whatever. You can't walk the ropes because the Undertaker does that. I get all that. But they didn't really want him to be a monster. So then you just have this guy who's like, I guess a good worker, but if he's not gonna be a good a big guy, what's the point? And it's not just WWE. I mean, he's been around forever. And it wasn't until really last year when he got a singles push in New Japan, where people actually began to realize that, oh my God, this guy's like super talented.
2: Hogan now, well, with yes, a but slam he also worked at, in KES for a long time too. Uh, he was, yeah, David but he wasn't.
1: He wasn't pushed. Hogan like, actually got up before that three count. Do you see that? Yeah. He, he, <laughs> yeah. He did, but, he, Fuji takes He really really got like, up prematurely, but Hogan got the three count. Fuji gets on the apron. and Hogan just is beating everybody up
2: where's kimchi going
0: steve lombardi it's not the honky-tonk man tonight No. Yeah. or is it? he's gonna give him the atomic drop Kimchi's goes flying great i'd like stuff. to see Hogan someone the do win. the atomic drop again
1: up up yeah. until the i mean right now this is just a perfect saturday night's main event this was an entertaining match you see the top mm-hmm. star you had that great angle with savage you just made the superstar uh really great stuff Hogan, Hogan
0: poses. Hogan's hair, Hogan's hair is uh, on its kind of its last legs here. He, it's it's pretty much been that for it's like that for the
1: next fifteen years. I feel like
0: when he first started, when he first gets the title, he's got more than that. Yeah, he he, Um, he
2: could part it to the side when he first had the title.
0: Well, the famous story now. These guys,
2: it's so weird to think these guys are younger there than we are now. Right. it's like that I don't that boggles my
1: mind. It's weird to think Hogan is younger here than Jeff Hardy is now,
2: right? Right. Yeah. I mean, by by a lot. Or Finn Balor, you know, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Because oh, they, they just look Hogan's older. 30.
1: They look more I don't know what the word is. Not manly,
2: but more seasoned, I guess. I don't know. I think he's 32, 33 here, Jess, in this ballpark. I think he was I think oh, he was yeah. thirty-six. when he joined WCW. 66.
1: Yeah. He was early 40s, and that's not that old. I mean, t- AJ Styles no. was way older than Hogan.
0: No, Lance Archer's 43. Yeah.
1: So Orndorf has turned baby face. I still think it's t- it was too early to beat Lance Archer. And I, you know, but that's another story. Yeah, I,
0: no, I, I, understand. I don't, hey, but don't, I don't know you're talking.
2: That. Yeah. I, I don't get it. And I know, like, I think Cody's the right guy for the weekly challenge. Yeah, and I like I that agree. a lot. Uh, it's just a weird, but I, I, I would have loved, I don't know what you do, but maybe you don't put Lancer in the tournament and yeah, he just wreaks havoc. And, right. But, but he, he, he's, he's lurking in the shadows. You don't know what right. and he's, he's there. Uh, the match Absolutely. was good, but like, I don't know. They, they could have built that out for a long, I'm really curious out of the, like, it's going to be, where, where does, where do they go next with Lance? I think he's good enough to make it work, but I agree. You yeah. didn't need that match. Um, It probably could have been Cody Darby. It
3: probably could have been Cody. Could have been Cody Darby. Could
1: have done Cody Cody Wardlow. Uh, It might be too soon, but still, this was. You know, there's there's a lot of
2: guys you could have put in that spot. Same as Brody Lee. I I don't think you should have beaten Brody Lee yet either. But, know. Well, you put him in that. You put him in that match, though. Um, I know they tried to protect him, but um, he's another guy. Where do you go from here? Could have done Cody Dustin. It's yeah. empty arena. It's it's a rematch of last year. It would have been interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, that actually, and done... it's a great story. You know, they they have to face each other. It's not like they want to. Right. And you still do
2: the we... thing where Archer beat down Dustin. Like that doesn't right. change. And maybe Dustin comes in weaker,
1: but absolutely. So now we got King Kong Bundy versus Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Orndorff is now a baby face with a managed by Oliver Humperdinck. Just. Baby faces with manager outside, managers outside. Elizabeth just never, never worked in WWF. I, I'm trying yeah, to think it's... of an Undertaker Paul, with Paul Bearer, Paul, but that was after the fact. Paul Ellering. Paul Ellering, mm-hmm. even he, in WWF, they he was there for a few months. Well, they replaced well, him with yeah, uh, yeah. a dummy. No, he came with the dummy. Paul Ellering introduced Rocco. Rocco <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: but there wasn't Rocco around after Paul Ellering leaves. No,
1: uh, it, it was with it. It was that same year when yeah. Uh, hawk had his issues and they were gone so
0: bundy i like the promo from bundy yeah
2: he he looks so young too i mean yeah and he's i think he's mid twenties here i mean he's
0: yeah he's really young when he breaks out that's one of those things now it's because maybe it's the bald head he doesn't look he doesn't really like look like he's young but he's really young like um he, you know, he had wrestled in Japan before coming to the WWF, but he's not like. And I think he got it broke in in like Texas, like maybe like in like the early 80s. But he's only a few years really into his career at this point.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to comment, this point, comment every time Bruce makes a comment. He mentioned Jimmy Hart. I'm, I'm with you. Like I love Jimmy. Is that I'm if he's a good guy, I'm always waiting for Jimmy to turn on somebody. Like I think right. there's certain guys that are are like perfect villains. Yeah, uh, I think Jimmy. There, I think Jimmy yeah, Hart's Jimmy the Hart perfect. Is. Perfect. He made every guy more believable.
0: Um, someone like needs to bring back great. the megaphone. The megaphone gimmick is a great heel gimmick. No one has—I've never heard anyone talk over a megaphone. You know that, who? Like, you know I'm who? who with. You know who I think could be great with it? Is, uh, I'm gonna Zana guess Vega. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, <laughs> I
2: would—I would say Xavier Woods because he's got the oh. trumpet, but like he's another guy that could could make that work.
0: Vega would be perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He's Vega. got kicked off the network. Britt Baker.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Britt Baker. Absolutely.
0: The right kind of heel, like it, like it's a really antagonistic thing, especially if the in the closed like um, the closed circuit shows, like without the crowd or anything, where it's like extremely unnecessary to have a megaphone.
1: What, what's the timestamp on your
0: network right now? Mine is minute. four, forty-four minutes and forty-four seconds. All
2: right, I'm a couple seconds. i I'm like forty-four fifty. All right, let, let me
3: know, when you, to,
1: let me know at, when you get to. Let me know when you get to i ten. I'm gonna hit play again. Uh,
2: I think that Bundy is like something so subtle about his character is. The straps. If those were thick straps, he looks a little less intimidating. The fact they were like I don't want to, what do they call A uh, spaghetti string? Is that what women's dresses are like? Right. Yeah. Uh forty five ten Raj. I'm yep. there right now. Alright, cool. So Bundy's choking Orndorf
1: on the
0: rope. It's a classic so, big guy.
1: Could you imagine like if Bundy uh and this is not a this is not a dig at KO but I'm saying imagine if Bundy dressed like KO and had a mullet. Right, like he wouldn't be the same star. It's that uh, d- by shaving the head and wearing that that outfit, he looks he looks like a, a big deal. And these two right now, Orndorff and Bundy. Bundy had wrestled uh, headlined WrestleMania two the prior year against Hogan, mm-hmm. and Orndorff was Hogan's more or less biggest drawing opponent. You know, Hogan and Andre hadn't done many house shows up until this point, so. These two guys were, you know, drew a lot of money
2: with, with hope. And a steady card so far, like the honky, honky yeah. Randy match, really good. This match, really good. Like, it's a good, I feel like every week we've watched, and Jesse, maybe it's, I hate to say because of George Steele, but George was, the end was obviously at the end of his career, but like, there's always been that lull, right? Tonight doesn't mm-hmm. have it.
0: Right? yeah i mean george but those I and mean, george's as as much as i said like yeah it's kind of the end for george like his ankles were hot it's because he's working with savage True. is probably the reason why but people people were into it it doesn't you know the, the, the work isn't really that good i i can't wait till savage you know he wrestles george Steele three times and then honky tonk man another time he's really got uh he's like atlas carrying the stone uh rummy saying there was that one
1: guy with the megaphone uh with the primetime players that got suspended yeah abraham washington did he have a megaphone
3: i'm forgetting I think he,
0: had like a, he had like a like a mic like he was wearing one of those like uh like um headset mics right he right you'd right. be like live to the crowd but which i guess is kind of the same thing but there's I something think, particular about the pitch of like the megaphone and you could also use the yeah, megaphone it's really the irritating with it yeah it's really good No, now heenan just left the commentary booth Going out. Because Orndorf is feuding with Heenan at this time, and Heenan says he has a surprise. If Um, you thought
2: Liz had a big surprise when she went back to get Hogan, bobby has got a bigger one. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this was two of those where the manager's going to the back to bring someone out. And oh yeah, Andre the Giant. So Andre has been
0: never seen him
2: dressed before or after. Like Andre, all I can think of is the Clash of Champions, his Gordon Sony WCW appearance. And he's in like, he always had weird clothes because he was probably just, it was hard to find regular size clothes. Um, but Andre looks like a million bucks tonight. He's yeah. Moving well. He looks great. He looks
3: it, just like a, a, a super, Andre
2: appearance. He just looks
1: larger than life. Uh, just, he's a difference. You can't take your eyes off him when he's out there. It'd yeah. be like, you know, had, later years, Undertaker, like having that aura where you
0: walk out and mm. you just can't help but look at, look at him. He had been gone from the company for a few months. We saw him, you know, kind of feuding with Hogan right after WrestleMania 3, but he leaves. He's got some health issues. He needs time off to kind of gear up for another run. So this is kind of him coming back into the company after taking a few months off. And it's interesting that Heenan brings him back because it's not long after this where he ends up being recruited by the Million Dollar Man and ends up being with DiBiase and not Heenan.
2: Still yeah. a great story. I'm laughing at the comments. Somebody said, not a million bucks. He's a giant. I'm going to use that. He, Andre looks like two million bucks.
0: He looks incredible.
2: It's like the, the hair. And Andre didn't know he shaved. Andre didn't know, like, he just looks like someone gave him a razor. He must have been, it must have been excited to be back. Uh, it's a big, and Raj is right, man. It's just electric when Andre's there. Yeah. Uh, even him, and, and I know he's going to get involved, not to give it away, but he's going to get involved momentarily here. Like, it's just fun to have Andre around.
1: And these guys, they're moving. You know, when when you think about the 80s and you, you know, all the matches getting two stars in the Observer, but this is an entertaining match too, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, Bundy's, uh, Orndorf is a great worker, just all around great and worker. Was, you and Bundy was a big deal and he can move. At yeah, the, you exactly. know, he's, he's, he's younger and he can sell and he can bump, which is really like something that, like, yeah, big men shouldn't be bumping all the time. But if you have a big man that can bump, it's really useful. Like, you see him feeding the comeback right here.
3: Yeah.
0: You have to be able to bump to be able to do this. Like, Great. If you work. watched
2: the uh, what was that? That was Connecticut. So what was that? Hartford. That was WrestleMania. It wasn't ten? Was Matt? So it was eleven. Oh,
3: it's so WrestleMania Bundy, eleven.
2: Yeah. Bundy Taker is Taker. awful. Awful. Yep. Like Bundy. A bit, like if it was this Bundy Taker, it would have been phenomenal. Like that, that match mm-hmm. was. That match was. was, was well, Taker was, was also handicapped with
1: his gimmick. Then that's when they didn't want him yeah. doing much. It wasn't until like Taker started working with Bret that the, you know that small guys. Yeah. He was and Taker's always to start been like that.
0: Much. Taker's had, you know, Taker's always wrestled giants and he hasn't really like, he wrestled big show and he wrestled Kali a bunch of, you know, he wrestled these big guys and there's a similar kind of dynamic. It wasn't, it was always like, he's working with Sean. He's working with Brett. He's working with CM Punk. He's working with smaller guys who can bump with him and be a little bit more agile, which is really when he came into his own, as far as being like a really good worker.
1: I don't think that's a, uh, that's limited to Taker. I think most big guys always seem to work better with smaller guys. Um, mm-hmm the two big guys. It's rare. Like you have to have the story there, because otherwise, right. it's a it's a plotting
2: match, you know. And it's weird in wrestling. It's not just chemistry. It's like to me, I always loved, and it was head games, right? Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, such a great match. And mm-hmm. why would Shawn bump himself for Mick? Now Shawn was very Shawn was very generous with an opponent if he was if it worked. But to me, that works so well because Mick's so different. Right, like Mick is mm-hmm. never gonna be Shawn Michaels, he's never gonna take that spot, or he's not the sexy boy. I know he does dude love, but it's it's kind of a parody of it. Um to me, you've gotta be different, right? Like Haker Brett is another great example, but uh it's it's tough when two guys are so similar. One of the comments I just saw briefly was uh I wonder if Andre liked working with Bundy because they were two giants. So much of wrestling is the personality part of it. too. Right. If you don't like a guy, you don't wanna work with a guy, you don't mm-hmm. make him look good. You don't make him look good. It don't work. So right. it's tricky. Wrestling so unique in that sense. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So two quick Andre-related notes. First, I just started reading the Pat Lepard Andre book that came out earlier this year. If you like Andre and you want to learn more about him, it's so good. It's so good. You, everyone should read it. It has so much information about it. It has so much information about the various myths of his life. Um, if you're interested in knowing a lot about Andre, you're not going to find a better book. And also, real quick, uh, Orndorff Great was
1: in Great the corner, Andre yep. pulled him in, and then Bundy nailed Orndorff with the splash, and Bundy pinning Orndorff makes all the sense in the world, because I believe it's the next Saturday Night's Main Event, right, where Bundy faces Hogan for the title. Yeah, I believe you're
3: right. Let's quickly look that up.
1: Because I think the next two are Hogan versus Bundy. Yeah, Orndorff, it's sells
2: this. Orndorff sells this so well, too. This is a really fun moment. Right.
1: Bam. Like that splash, it you know, it he he really gets in there. Yeah. Looks like it's hurts and
2: Andre well, and sell it into the it's back.
1: Like- Andre looks like just so terrifying
2: there. <laughs> I like how he shrugs off the fan too. This is a such a young Bret Hart in this interview. And again, yeah. to me, the anvil, especially without Jimmy Hart, the Anvil is the guy that carries this team. I mean, obviously, Brett actually I'm super biased. I'm a huge Bret Hart fan. I enjoyed all his work and I think he's such a good promo. Like, Jesse, he came to – he was in Webster a few months ago, but a couple of years ago he was in Lynn. He did a show at St. Michael's Hall. And um, Brett cut this, like – it was like a tearjerker about how, like, he grew up on the road and all the memories and the faces. And he's, like, pointing out people in the stands and – are not the stands, but the seats because uh, there were no stands. But he, he is such a tremendous promo now, Brett, but it, it took time to get there.
1: Yeah, you're watching this promo – it, it it you it's like Anvil's the one with the charisma and Brett gets in line here, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brett gets well, in line. One
0: of the things Brett talks about in his book is that the WWF would do these videos to to advertise with for the house. Well, why, shows. Why, did, why
1: did Mean Gene just storm off? I just missed that.
2: He was so upset about what they did to Elizabeth. Uh, oh. so <laughs> That's great. In- Oh, fantastic. It reminds me of like when Mr. Feeney walked out on the kids and boy meets world reference. But I love you never see Gene walk out on a guy. He's right. so he's so, so disgusted. Yes, mm-hmm. it- it's a nice touch. And and Jim Neinhardt's defense was was great too. He's like, our manager just got knocked out too. We had the right to be upset too. And then yeah. they kind of laugh about it and Gene gets pissed. Again, the mm-hmm. supporting cast of and I-, I think you said it last week, like, would it have mattered if these guys were around now because they couldn't be themselves? But but Gene Okerlund, like if he couldn't be himself now, what a disservice that would be to wrestling fans. We got so much more out of the product because of Gene being Gene.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now they would just have the interviewer say, so what were your thoughts on the match? You know, (laughs) and then a blank stare to end the segment. Uh, If they allowed, you know, some of these personalities to really come out, because, yeah, Gene, it just made it seem that
2: much more dastardly and you really want to see the Hart Foundation lose here mm-hmm. facing Absolutely. the young even, even the late Craig Sager in the NBA, like, he had a weird, you know, the funky suits and – but, like, right. you looked forward to those interviews. It was not vanilla. It was, I'm going to watch this. So, yeah, you don't have that now.
0: Yeah, and I think part of it in WWE is the, the responses often are so scripted that it doesn't – like, it doesn't help the announcer, like – these guys are coming up with their own responses. For the most part, there are some. There's some scripting going on a little bit, or bullet points. But when you have different guys reacting differently, it's easier to play off them if you're a pro like Gene. But when these guys are being, in women, men and women are being scripted, and they all kind of sound like robots. It's harder to draw more personality out of them because they're being told exactly what to say.
2: Jesse, I got a trivia question for you two this week. Get you guys ready. All right. all right, let's hear it. Who named Roman Power? Roma empowers the young stallions.
0: Hmm. Roma and power. I'm gonna get. I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna use a tiny bit of logic and guess Pat Patterson.
2: I'm gonna guess Jimmy Hart. I believe we'd have to go to the we'd have to go to the judges here, but I believe it was uh, Bruno. During a broadcast, oh, calling them a couple it of young stallions, commentating, yeah.
0: it just stuck. So, yeah, I mean, Roma and Powers are both like really early into their careers. I think Roma's only been wrestling for like a year or two, and Powers just about um, the same amount of time. So they really are the young stallions. I feel uh, like
2: Power uh, Roma's a no, Powers is a uh, big John Stun kid too. Like he worked with Stud. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's the wrong time. To be a cookie cutter tag team because that tag team division is just overflowing with talent but yeah
1: and that's what you know when when people talk about how the 80s all the guys were roided up in wwf in a weird way when you think a lot of the big stars uh they weren't the gigantic uh, outside of hogan and warrior it wasn't the a lot of the guys didn't have that roided physique in this in the case of like DiBiase, jake the snake you know honky tonk you know savage he You know he was muscular but he wasn't the the huge roided out guys
2: like early duggan wasn't that way yeah
1: right Duggan. because you look at roma and and jim powers you would think i mean you would think those would be the guys that vince would be pushing and you know they're against brett and anvil who aren't who aren't you know yeah impressive physically or i mean they are in person, but in, in this era, you know, they're not. But yeah,
0: I mean, Anvil has like a different type of physique.
1: He's the Anvil. You had to have charisma, and
2: that was always the bottom line. And and they're comp- To me, they're competing. I know they're competing with the hearts here, but they're competing with guys on their side of the card, and right. they just weren't as good as Tito and, and Martel. No. And mm-hmm. those were two two pros, pros. They
1: need, um, they need to feel deal. Deal. You know, because they were two. They needed to be heel and have a manager. They needed to be heels. You and, and he also have Jimmy to look
3: Hart?
0: at. Oh yeah,
1: if they had Jimmy Hart, absolutely.
3: Or you also have to
0: look at the wrestling landscape, and how it had changed since the start of the decade. In um, you know, like you look at Bret Hart. Like Bret Hart starts his career, he's wrestling in Stampede, but he's also going. He goes to Puerto Rico. He goes, you know, kind of all over. He's got all this experience. Then he gets to the WWF, and he's. Bret Hart. These guys are only he, wrestling he, he for even a year. Then he wasn't, you know, Bret. No but, no, but you understand what I'm saying? Like These guys wrestle for a year. They end up in the WWF and they're on this this stage in Saturday's main event. And they're expected to kind of be at a certain level. And yeah. they didn't just, did, they were not going to have the same kind of seasoning and experience to, to match up with the British Bulldogs or the Hart Foundation or Strike Force or these like veteran teams that had a lot of experience. I mean, they were around for a
1: while. I just don't think they had the charisma ever to,
2: to get there. But the reason they yeah. look... I mean, like, Brett and, and, and Anvil make them look in this match. In Anvil, too, I know Brett's the guy who, you know, could make a a, a broomstick look good. Right. Jim Ninehart too. Like, they, they make these guys look great in this match. Every mm-hmm. match in this card is fun. They all have a little bit of length to them. It's a good card.
1: Right here, the ref is distracted. And they hit the, the heart attack on Paul Roma and get the win. Brett Hart pins Paul Roma. And another fun match. This is... Yeah. yeah, top to bottom. I, th- I mean, we still
0: got more, but uh, oh, we've got the we got the pile. We got more than more. We got the pile driver music video, which yeah, I and that was the last believe. match, right? Yeah, I could hey. not believe it when I saw the pile driver music video. Top to How bottom, we don't count the, the Friday the nights main events. I think this was the
2: best Saturday nights main event. Top to bottom, just to me, if you're in the if you're in the crowd for that whole taping, it must have been hours. It's a long day. the The highlight of the show, one of the highlights, happens backstage. Obviously, a very different mindset uh, from now to then. But uh, here we are backstage at Gene Oakland. One of the greatest moments in wrestling history, right? A Hogan Savage. Look
1: at yeah. that, that! Look handshake. at them
0: sell this handshake.
2: Yeah. Do you
1: think they they just improved it, or they they were told you know do this do this crazy handshake? You got to wonder where that came where that
2: came up. I, ever I asked, think that's an I, original idea. It, you know, Savage sells this interview well because it, it sounds like it's some of its plan because he says mega, 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 mega powers like he's thinking of it. But obviously, and, and Vince obviously hammered home that uh, madness meets the mania idea because you just heard that over and over again, um, which is funny. You never heard Hulkamania or Macho Madness. You just heard Madness Mania, Madness Mania. Right. I,
1: I don't know. Yeah. The next, again, like I said, this was the start of the next 18 months. This is some of the best storytelling WWE Raj, has ever done. And Raj,
0: getting to that point, now it seems like if they were to do this angle now, you're just like, oh, they're just doing it to break them up. Like, that's right. how everyone fan yeah. would see it. And when this angle takes place, you're not necessarily saying, it's more like, oh my God, who are going to stop these guys? They're unstoppable, this unstoppable babyface team. Now, I
3: don't
0: know. If... Right. Well, I remember when I saw it, I'm like, what does this mean? Are they
1: a tag team? Are they, you know, like, is this a permanent thing? Are they going to go after the tag belts while they're champ? Uh, you know, it was just, your mind was just running wild. It was just, it was super amazing back then. I remember. And for right.
2: whatever reason, if they couldn't do anything wrong, that handshake was, I don't know, it just.
1: To this day, I mean, it's so unique. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing with that area being unique and standing out,
2: and that handshake—just that simple I, I, grabbing I, it, and tra- yeah. acting like you're not trying to shake—it it was, it was awesome. I love Elizabeth not being in that scene too, because Savage was so intense, and to me, it just the slow build to that is, is—it is, is, is per- simmers for so long.
1: Yeah. Now oh, here we go. The main event, the pile driver video, which was actually, a, for its
2: time, it wasn't bad.
1: And Coco, beware. He was a pretty good singer.
2: Hey, I'm with you. Uh, we had a friend in the hospital a few months ago, and somebody sent him a, a cameo from Coco. And
1: mm-hmm. Coco
2: sang to him. I, I think he has a great voice. Yeah. I, I do. Even to this day. But I, I like I like Coco's voice. Um, I agree. I think yeah. he's better in uh, If You Only Knew. But he, yeah. he's still good here. So you
1: got Billy Jack Hayden's Bam Bam Bigelow. Was Bam Bam Bigelow ever in a Saturday Night's Main Event match?
0: Yeah, he Great comes question. up. No, I mean, I mean he's it, on. I, oh, he, he does? Yeah, I, he hasn't been in one yet. Okay.
1: Coco's got some pipes. We got <laughs> yeah. Honky Hogan.
0: Uh, the Rock. Yeah. yeah. Don Morocco. You want to talk about, you do see some of the steroid aerobotics in yeah. this uh, music video. <laughs> Vince. You got Vince. Was that Arnold Skoland
2: on the ladder? I think so, yeah. yeah, totally. With brown hair.
3: Coco would be Billy good Graham. on The Masked
0: Singer.
1: <laughs> I saw one episode of that show after the Super Bowl, and I was... Uh, good God. But I couldn't turn away from it.
0: <laughs> but Coco would be good on it. If he can sing,
1: right? Scolan getting the cement the on the part with the
2: women is...
0: And they're still constructing
2: that building to this day. They probably are. I'm sorry if they did something like this. You can't go too tongue-in-cheek, but like it would be. Again, I love the creativity of this era. They were yeah. always trying something new. A little cameo yeah, I mean, by Vince is... in this
1: video, looking at the girls walking by.
2: Oh, did of more course, of that's when he comes in. Yeah. <laughs>
1: My
0: favorite part of this Coco's video. is brain that buster. Ch- I I remember back then. But they show a wrestling move, and it's not a pile drive.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, in 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 in, in Coco's defense, we never got to see his finish because he never won. So it was fun to actually see right. what the thing looked like, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Coco never won. <laughs> Coco, he yeah, he never went on pay per view. I don't think he's ever won on pay per view. He'd went on he Superstars. He tagged
0: with, with Owen Hart. didn't win on pay per view once. What's that? He tagged with. Owen Hart is, like, high energy. They never win on pay-per-view. They never won, like, a opening match.
2: And I think he sang. I think he sang. Didn't he sing when they came to the ring? High energy? Well, we or was talked the theme song
3: his? Last week. Yeah, I we talked about back,
1: This
2: video wasn't good for its era.
1: <laughs> but it's... No. Uh, I, I enjoy it as a wrestling fan, but it, they look like a bunch Here of pervs out there.
2: Here's some Vince uh, humor. It, it, pretty much to a man, they... It, it, the director must have been like, act like you've never seen a woman before. <laughs> right. that's, that's like, uh, Billy Jack Gaines drops the apple. It's like, God, you know. You're right. But... <laughs> well,
1: man, and now we're wrapping it up. Uh, yeah, I like, you know, again, Vince and Bobby, I still like them, but I put them fourth. It's like Vince and Jesse... Gorilla and Bobby, uh, Jesse and Gorilla, and then Vince
2: and Bobby. It felt a lot more I, forced. I agree that 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 connection between
0: the two. Yeah. I just don't think Vince is that good of an announcer. Oh, I
2: think he's
1: awesome.
0: He, With he Jesse, has excitement. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm watching this, and he has like very little credibility. He never like he's he doesn't do a good job like defending the baby faces. I, I, I prefer Gorilla a lot in these. I think Gorilla has, like, more chemistry with both Heenan and uh, I Jesse. Shop really I really learned from the Vince
2: Man School of Broadcasting. They were salesmen. That's what they were. They were, right. they were salespeople in that position. That was their job to sell, sell, sell. Um, where Gorilla, I felt like it was it was just so different with Gorilla. But I, I liked Vince, too. I couldn't get into, as a kid, I couldn't get into, like, when Tony Schiavone called shows right. for the World Wrestling Federation or things like that. I was a Vince guy or a Gorilla guy same Um, here like
1: nwa like jim ross back in the day i couldn't yeah i had a hard time listening to it was too it it wasn't entertaining it was too serious like it was too sports as opposed to sports entertainment and you know when you're i don't know you know it's different strokes for different folks but vince always sounded exciting when he was on like it was never nothing was dull on the show and if it was was, it wasn't yeah
3: yeah
1: all right and that does it
0: Right, that was our Saturday night's main event. Um, guys, what was your favorite part of the show? You had to pick a highlight.
1: I mean, I, I think it's hard to say anything other than Hogan saving Savage and the, the mega powers being born. I mean, that to this day, you know, that's an iconic moment.
2: But one, I agree that that's definitely the moment from the show. But I love Andre grabbing Paul Orndorff's tights. Yeah. And just like Andre to this day, everything he does is just so, and you watch, especially like bad guy era Andre, um, it's, he's mobile here too, like by WrestleMania 6, he was just so immobile, or that the earthquake, uh, the brief like earthquake right. feud where he's kind of standing up on Jimmy Hart or using Jimmy as a prop to stand. Uh, but I think Andre is such a big part of this show. Uh, you know, it, he didn't deliver on a surprise. Uh, I know Hogan's the, the man and he's with Savage, but But in the background, there's still Andre the Giant. So it's uh, they're just cooking on all cylinders right now. So obviously, I love that moment in the ring with the Hearts and and Randy and Hulk and Liz and Honky. But uh, it's great to see Andre back, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like in history, the way people remember it. People think of like you have WrestleMania 3. That's like kind of the end of Andre's career to, you know, how it's kind of remembered. That was like his last big moment. But basically, he's the top heel in the company. You know for the next 18 months and, and he you know they, they build the first summer slam around him you know wrestlemania 4 is built in part because of the hogan andre rematch so he does have a lot more uh s- still major moments you know after wrestlemania
3: III.
1: yeah i mean he was uh i don't think he was ever beaten on wwe tv again after after wrestlemania 3 um
2: by, by pinfall
0: I think the war right, which is warrior, Star, Star Series
2: match with the Rockers and Warrior—that was count out, right? That yeah, match. that was count out. I'm so excited for that match, and it's like, oh, because Andre wearing the blue singlet was fun. I don't know, I can't explain why right. it was—it was just so exciting. Yeah, uh, and even even I love—I'm like a huge Colossal Connection fan. When Andre <laughs> would get tag, I love Haku too. But when Andre right. would get tagged in, good luck looking away. I mean, Andre, right. whatever that comment was, he looked like two million bucks. I'm a huge Andre fan. Jesse, you were talking earlier. You mentioned the book, which is incredible, if people are Andre fans and want to learn more. You were going to mention another – you said you had two things about Andre, but you only mentioned one. Do you remember the Oh, I just
0: wanted to – I don't know if it's on YouTube. I know for a fact it's on New Japan World, but Andre has a match from 1980 with Stan Hansen that is the best Andre match as far as, like, work that you'll ever see. And it's so good. And if you're interested in seeing Andre, like – He's still, he still, he looks like Andre. He's still Andre, but he does such a, it's such an entertaining match. They do like a 15 minute, like kind of like a sprint with a lot of like moves and both guy and I they, they both kind of bump. And it's a really interesting match. I, I think it's on YouTube. It's definitely on New Japan World Possessed.
2: I'm going to look tonight. Jesse, can I tell you real
0: quick, my Stan Hansen story? Oh, we can spend the next five hours talking about Stan Hansen.
2: So we're, I don't even remember the interview. It was something, oh, he was working a show, PCW Ultra in, in, uh, in Cali and, mm-hmm. uh, it must have been, you know, I'm trying to get the timing now, but I, I must have been, had just booked my my trip to Japan. I went to Japan a couple of summers ago to cover the G1. It's incredible. Okay. Like, I mean, you guys would both like eat eat it up, and it would it would have been so much fun to do it with other reporters uh, who spoke English because you know, kind of on your own, it would have been more yeah. fun to experience it with with others. Anyways, but I wanted to do even if I was by myself, I wanted to do as many like things in Tokyo I could do because when am I going back, right? And it's the G1, and it's it was Nippon Budokan. It was the whole thing was awesome. So I remember talking to Stan Hansen before and saying oh, I was going and Stan Hansen was kind of a legend of Ribera, right? Like the steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like, didn't say anything when I mentioned it. I'm like, what is the steak not good? He's like, ah, they gave it to me for free. And that was the, that was the end of that conversation. But I remember going and, um, you sit at, the, I went, there's a restaurant in like the old school, like sit down, like at the counter place. I wanted to go to the original And I sat down at the counter. I don't know how I ordered. I think I maybe pointed to something or I don't know. And like the steak took like, I I didn't 37 seconds to cook. So I knew right then it probably wasn't going to be a delight for me to eat this thing. Um, The corn niblets were good, but the steak was like all bloody. And it was just, um, it was, but again, it was an experience, right? Like I, if I went back to Japan, I would go back there again. Uh, But you got cut to the scene of me at McDonald's that night for like the, the eighth, time eighth, day, eight, eighth time in eight days, 8th time and in eight days, because it was the one day I could stomach. Uh, it was a great trip. And, anyways, that's my Stan Hansen story.
3: Awesome. Yep, you so-
2: know, do you ever see uh, No Holes Bard? Real quick, judgment, uh,
1: bring it up. Never- uh, Andre was a member of the machines. He was the giant machine. Uh, there was a question in the chat about that. Uh, but Stan Hansen was in No Holes Bard. He was, uh, he fights, ho- he fights, gets beat up by Zeus. He bullies someone in the bathroom. So yeah, right. Uh, I
2: got to go back and look. Great, great memory, Raj. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time
1: I, I think I'd actually seen Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen's book, The Last Outlaw, another great wrestling book.
2: Um, when that movie was out, I thought that was like I didn't understand why it didn't win awards. Like, I
0: thought. It was, <laughs> that <good>. I <laughs> well, watching uh, was Hogan that good? in the music. When watching Hogan's like facial reactions in the music video, it's like I can't believe this guy thought he could be an act. Which you know, he's a big. If you're a big enough celebrity, you can act in anything. But just like he's his like he was his facial reactions were very good for like the pro wrestling of that time. But he's such a bad actor, and it's so obvious in the music video. Would you guys like to see like WWE produce a music video like that now? Like if they just do 100%. it more tongue in cheek,
2: not too tongue in cheek, but I would I would love to. I gotta ask a question. Uh, judgment. It says uh, what am I searching on YouTube? Just uh bobby machines i want to watch that interview so if you could put that up in the chat which one, uh, oh this that. one there's a hilarious yeah.
1: heenan clip of an interview with the machines which was the pre, pre precursor to andre's heel turn i don't remember that i'll have to check that out you too. could get a little more
2: info in the in the chat i'd, I'd love to watch that video tonight absolutely huh I think it'd be Bru- fun just they should do more fun stuff yeah absolutely bruce Bennon
1: bringing savages on his mount rushmore I was in big Hogan fan Savage all day. If I had a personal Mount Rushmore, yeah, I'm a, I'm the same Savage Piper, Austin, and The Rock.
0: I personal. could come up with a Mount Rushmore if my life depended on it.
2: Okay. <laughs> Mine would be the WrestleMania 30 guys plus Savage. That's tough too because there's no Andre, but it would probably be the WrestleMania 30 guys and Savage. You know Hogan. Uh,
0: WrestleMania 30 or WrestleMania
2: you three? three? Thirty. Uh, the opening
1: The thirty. Was Hogan? Oh, Rock. Hogan! Rock, Austin. Oh, oh, the, oh, the, the oh, yeah,
0: yeah I was like Batista, Randy Orton, and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, right. yeah yes. it, it, oh, um, it, it, if I'm
1: not doing my personal, if I'm looking at the biggest WWE stars, it's Hogan, Austin, Rock, and probably Cena, Bruno. Yeah, yeah. Bruno. It's a different era. He he wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Um, Twenty I'm years.
0: Twenty Bruno years. Pictures, got, yeah, but that,
1: again, that was a, you didn't see him on TV
0: every week you
1: know, or every well, month. Was
0: it was a different business. I'm just thinking like, if you're going to, you can't dismiss like the first, like 20, you know, 20 years of, of the promotion or, or further. Yeah, I don't think you can compare them either. It's just so, it's such a different era. Though. My dream, Justin, my dream. And I do not possess the mathematic ability to, to possibly do this is I want to come up with like some sort of um, statistic that would like measure drawing power for error. Like like I know there's stats like like oh uh, you know, like baseball has war and they have like on base percentage plus and they have all these like error adjusted stats that can tell yeah. you like what is this based on like what the styles of the play were. I like my dream is to come up with like some sort of that you know, can be able to compare like what drawing in like nineteen thirty was to two thousand because it's so different as I far like as like, the business yeah. change. I I have no idea how to put it together, but it would help my, my it would it would it's solve a, a lot idea. of my it would solve yeah. a lot of my ideas and problems about like you know, like, because there's times where, like, attend, you know, live attendance is the biggest deal now. But, like, realistically, you know, WWE's is never going to make more, ever made more money than it is right now. You know, all the money's in TV deals. And so, like, if you're just going by who drew the most money, well, it'd be like the guys who are on top now technically have made the most money for the company. But that's not a fair assessment of, like, individual drawing power. It's just, it's, it's so different.
1: Yeah, really live events and pay-per-views were the way to be able to tell. And...
0: But even that, like live event
1: attendance, is, well, well is, that's is, is, what I mean. Like now, you can't really yeah. do it because paper, you know, unless I mean, with AEW, you can, you, you can. Uh, yeah, with the pay per view buys, you can at
0: least see like okay, like you compare the pay per view buys and you can say like okay, whatever the main event was here this year, this. Right. But even then, it's kind of like, like is is Brody Lee as big of a like I don't know what the double or nothing number this year is. I've heard that it's similar to their previous numbers. We won't know. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, Have you heard then, anything,
0: Rush or, or, or Justin?
2: Yeah, that, I mean, what, what, I, what I've heard, heard is... The, the indies, too, because the, the indies, you could see, like, we talked about that show in Everett with the Hardys. Like, there was a lineup. Yeah. It's so much fun to be like, who still draws? Like, old school draws. Who do you buy and get out of your house? Because you can't see this stuff on TV. Uh, who do you leave your house to go watch? Yeah, it's so
1: an interesting. Yeah,
2: because yeah, right now, if
1: you look at TV ratings, Edge has been... Uh, you know, it, according if you if you look at the ratings in the Observer Edge, he's been, quarter hours, yeah, yeah, he's his his segments
2: have fallen, and uh, so you wasn't would helped by WrestleMania. You know,
3: yeah, but he's well,
2: going to have the greatest wrestling match of all time in a couple of weeks.
3: Well, so I yeah, I
1: know. Plus, it doesn't help they always put him on late in the show when everything True. is dropping anyway. Like that's yeah, just the, the nature but, of the beast. And like, I also
0: think that the wrestling fan base is like kind of homogenized at this point, where like. Edge is a really, really big star to like people who are really big WWE fans. But is he the kind of guy that's gonna bring back people who haven't watched in fifteen years or twenty years? Like you look at like the numbers like Goldberg did, like Goldberg did bring back people right. who didn't Edge watch Edge was in, like,
1: never a Goldberg. Edge was never Yeah. He, and he, 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 he's he, he's a
0: legend to to big WWE fans and WWE fans, but he's not like a legend to people who don't really watch wrestling right. that much. I still it'd, be wonder, a, it'd be the I same as
1: Orton. One. I think if Orton was gone for like four yeah. years and came back, I don't think it'd make, it, it might get a one week pop and that'd be it.
2: If you did Randy, he and Tuesday night Titans. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. I will do it tonight. So the, the, um, some of the comments like were, were outlandish, but the, the ones that were good. <laughs> were amazing. Some yeah. of them, I got to look away, but they're really
3: good.
2: <laughs> yeah. There are a couple of them that there's, ah, like, oh. but right. there are a couple that were outstanding. Thank you very much. What was I just going to say? Um, Oh, I wonder if uh, with McIntyre, like trying to make McIntyre the guy. Like, I, I, I wonder if they shifted to McIntyre Orton and you, 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 fit Edge in there. I wouldn't want Edge to win the title yet. He could be a threat, but like to me, those three that'd be a really interesting way to to present Edge and Orton because we already we already saw him at Mania in, in a kind of uh, odd match. Uh, but you add Drew into that, I don't know, I don't know, but I know they want to build Drew and they want to make Drew the guy. So I'll be curious where they go next.
1: I think Edge and Orton would have been a lot better if they had better commentary, too. I think just that, you know, the background noise, just like the
0: Masters commentary.
1: Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. If you had Vince and Jesse
3: doing that match, it was like, oh my God, what is he doing? And Jesse's like, whatever, man, he's doing fine.
0: Well, there, there's been some of these WWE matches the last like. Edge starter. There's been some of these WWE oh. matches where the guys are kind of put in a position to fail. Like, I don't think not, they were. We, well, well, I don't think it's Edge and Randy Orton's fault that right. their WrestleMania match was, like, was bad. I don't think that's, like, these guys... It wasn't like these guys were inadequate at something. Like, it was yeah. outside of their control. It's the same thing, like, the Rollins-Wyatt um, Hell in a Cell match. Like, that match wasn't bad because, like, Rollins is a crappy wrestler or something yeah. like that. That was just... put. They were put in a position to to fail, and, and unfortunately, sometimes that happens.
2: Yeah.
0: Brown this comment saying, on the screen right now, I, I think I that I... I've said that. You should, I've oh, I it. I've tweeted this.
2: That is... that's the way they go. What a great story. It continues the story. It makes Orton, a, he's already a primetime player, but it, I it, think it Orton to, so, I so love real that.
1: quick for the people listening on the podcast, they're saying, I think they'll swear with us the greatest wrestling match will be Orton RKOing Edge in five seconds. I think it's the opposite. I think if he beats Edge in five seconds and make Ed, Edge as the baby face look really bad, I think Edge spears him and
2: pins him. And, and see, I, I, I agree it would make him look bad, but, but I like if they go with Orton's promo, Orton is you can't wrestle, you can't beat me in a wrestling match. Like, I think the, they're going
0: to build. I don't think it ends uh, at Backlash. I think it continues.
3: I think
2: um,
0: a similar thing. I like that. But I think my, my the way I would do it, if we're going to hype it up as the greatest wrestling match ever, is that Orton just kicks edge in the balls and gets disqualified at the start of the match. <laughs> With the idea being that he cheated fans out of like the great, greatest wrestling match. It would get more heat on Orton. And it would take the like, – because my my whole thing is like – and I'm actually going to write – I have this written – I've already written a column about this that's going to run tomorrow on Wrestling.com about behind – the kind of like greatest wrestling match ever angle like there's so much pressure on these guys if they're actually going to try to have like a real wrestling match that's like if this is like a, a slow that's like
1: right like so get, even if they had a really good wrestling match it'd be a failure
0: yeah like yeah. i mean if you if they were to market this as a wrestling classic or like to like something like that yeah okay if they have a good match then it's like you know what that lived up to the hype but you kind of hurt your credibility when you're like this is the greatest wrestling match
3: Ever. Vince,
2: is, Vince is I don't care how Vince will be on his deathbed and he'll be
0: making sales and pitches and like he's a he's a salesman. Whether you like Vince or you hate Vince, he's a salesman. And, well um, I think this is a ha hey, Heyman idea because it has the W word in it, which Vince doesn't like.
2: True, but greatest it must be a happy medium because uh it, it's got enough hyperbole for Vince to be like, ah,
1: I I like it. So. Do you think Vince pushed for it to be called the greatest sports entertainment match of all time? <laughs>
2: <laughs> during the phone calls with the wrestlers so you know you, you interview so many wrestlers and when people refer to themselves as sports entertainers it's like i, I always ask them like oh what is that i don't know because i don't know what a sports entertainer is to this day i know what a wrestler
0: is mm-hmm. and i know it's entertaining and it's a blend of sports and entertainment but truthfully i don't know what a it's, sports entertainer it's, is. it's it's never caught on and it's always like always really it's really exposed when it's used in like other terms like these are sports entertainment fans, or you know, like that kind of stuff. I'm all for is-
1: moving, moving, moving other than something than wrestling. If you could find a term that makes sense, you know, like MMA, it's not it. You know, it people use it. It's it's a term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they still call it fighting, but they still use MMA. If you could find a term that people will use, that's one thing. But they haven't been able to. And sports entertainment is not it. And it's no, been one, 40 years. no one's like, hey, are you a sports entertainment fan, or uh, who's your favorite sports entertainer? No one i have never. Asked I've,
2: the next time I hear it, it'll be the first. And to me, it's like <laughs> basketball. Like I, point guard's a point guard, right? It works. Like you've you've you struck gold. Can we not try to reinvent? I mean, like, right. a fullbacks a fullback in football. It, it just I don't know. The NHL doesn't try to like rename the left wingers yeah. to, to rebrand them. They're, I don't know. They're forwards. I don't know. I, I, that part for us. They're pro wrestlers. Take pride in that. I think it's wonderful. It's, yeah, it's, it's
1: fighting an uphill battle and putting too much energy in something that doesn't matter.
2: So, Can we answer all right. this question? Uh, this, all right. All right. This, Let's do one or two more and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. I'm just getting started, I know. Can I read <laughs> this one? <laughs> yes, yeah, Raj, Justin, Jesse, well, who's your favorite or what's your favorite technical wrestler of all time? Uh, if, if I could jump, jump in to start with that, I, I would probably say that I love the Hitman. I love his matches. I love the stories he tell tells. But I mean, in the modern era, I think that um, Daniel Bryan. It, it's to me, it's it's hard to find somebody better than Bryan. Bryan's Brian's so good at that. Damn it, you stole my you stole my answers. I'm sorry. Was, Let uh... me just say the hitman. Then. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It was
1: Bret Hart uh, for non-active, and then Daniel Bryan for active. And you know, Daniel Bryan, I thought his match with Brock Lesnar was genius. The, the way he pulled that story together, and and that story that they told uh i think daniel bryan's uh the best and brett back in the day man he could he could have a match with anyone that looked believable it didn't look it didn't insult your intelligence and you know brett his his character took a little bit to catch on you know even though he won the title in 92 i felt like it wasn't until 96 after he dropped it to sean and then came back when he he really felt he is
2: is Vince, it seems like at 11 has made up his mind that Brett's not the guy. Right. Was, you know, crowd and Brett both, both said otherwise. Yeah. Raj, I'll jump in with that, too. I'll, I'll I'll always think of Daniel Bryan. If he never wrestles another match, if he wrestles for 10 more years. Uh, I think Bryan's run as a heel, including that Survivor Series match with Brock, phenomenal, was better than his yes run that led to WrestleMania 30. Now, the crowd was so hot for him at 30, it's different. But, like, his run as a heel in terms of the consistency in matches, he'd been gone, he came back. Like, mm-hmm. what he did there, uh, it's it's hard to capture how great that return was. I think it's better, and I love the yes stuff. I love the build mm-hmm. the rest of the, that, all of that. I think it's even better what he did in, in, in ending it with Kofi, the way he did at 36. Mm-hmm. Outrage, like, my only other honorable mention, and I hope I'm not taking Jesse's guy here, would be Kurt Henning. It, it's, it's tough because mm-hmm. Kurt around to speak and we don't watch his stuff that much. Like, Kurt Henning, his stuff on the other side of the card is the heel was so believable and made guys look, look great every week uh, or every match. Uh, Perfect
0: was great, too. Yeah, as far as, like, just pure technical wrestling, I like Brett a lot. He, I've said he's probably my favorite WWF wrestler of all time. But when I think of Brett, I think of, like, his storytelling and I think of, like, that aspect of him. He's a really good, like, technical wrestler, obviously, but I, I don't, I don't think of him as like being like this master technician he's almost like too good just for that label um i would say that my favorite i would say dynamite kid as just a pure like straight worker and then if i were to give a modern name the two guys that stand out to me as far as like i think zach Saber jr super creative with his wrestling style i think it's different i think he's like the way he you know he comes up with new submission moves new roll-ups different finishes to all of his matches. And then I'm also a really big fan of Roger Strong. I've always been a big fan of him. I think he has a certain kind of like intensity to, to, to what he does. And he has he's also really creative with his backbreakers and that kind of stuff. And I always find myself really enjoying the matches. If I'm going by like pure technical guys, that would be those would be my thoughts.
2: Jesse, I thought and I think that this current era is hurting hurting Rodney Strong, but like after the Survivor series, I thought that it was the triple threat with with Styles and Nakamura that he won. I thought that was it. I'm like, Oh, they're gonna Something's going to happen. Either they they put on the
0: main roster or I,
2: I, but I I think he's been hurt a little bit by the lack
0: of crowds. And yeah, uh, if people want to watch great wrestling, that's really entertaining as well. And they maybe haven't seen him before. And they've done a great job during this pandemic loading, uploading stuff to their YouTube, like prime ring of honor, like 2004 to 2008 has so many great matches. And just like basically every guy that's a big name now, is, is there. They uploaded a match and it's like the second match on the card. And it's Brian Danielson, Dana Daniel Bryan versus Tyler Black, who's Seth Rollins versus Kenny Omega in a triple threat. And it's like, what? It's just like a random match on the card. It's, it's the, if you look back at like some of the old Ring of Honor cards and just the amount of talents that they were able to get on their cards, unreal.
1: We got a couple other uh, people chiming in. Yeah, ben Sorolla, an Benoit, uh, another Bruce Bennett uh, who's been on fire tonight. Kurt Angle, Benoit, Eddie—three uh, great, great choices because not only great technical wrestlers, but uh, they were able to get over in
0: front. Can of, I ask uh, a quick you know, question? twenty right there. Those are you guys? Can I ask yeah. a quick related question? I know we got to wrap it up here. Do you guys have any favorite wrestlers who were like not really big stars, but you felt you were like a specific big fan of?
2: Avatar sincere comes to mind. Marty Janetti. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm I, I'm with you, Raj. I am a huge Marty Gennetti fan fan. Um, yeah,
1: I was always pushing for him. I was always hoping he'd he'd be able to put stuff past him and, and get you know get that get that right storyline. Get you know and uh, get his life straight and move mm-hmm. on. But just never happened.
2: sorry, Jessica. If Marty <laughs> came ten years later, yeah. he was just it, it wasn't the right time. But, the middle of the card was so packed. You couldn't win the IC belt. You couldn't win the tag titles. If Marty came around a little... And I know he won the IC belt. And, uh, but if Marty... And he won the tag titles. But if Marty came around later, I think he would have been a really special mid-card. Again, there's no shame in, like... Oh, yeah. Being It's hard to get to the top of the card. but You need a
0: middle of the card to the top of the card to work. I think Marty would just be for his time. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of Too Cold Scorpio. Yeah. I always thought that... Um, you know, going back and watching his—he's really ahead of his time as like a high flyer, doing like really cool moves—and was pretty big. Like he's this guy—he's like probably like six to like two hundred and thirty pounds—and he's doing like you know four fifty splash. He's doing the moonsault into a leg drop, and unfortunately, he never really got a chance in the WWF.
2: Um, Flash Funk had no legs.
0: Yeah. They get, well, well, the problem with that is that they—they they have him come out and they have him like wrestle like the job guys, which. Doesn't work if you're a guy like Scorpio because he needs like good guys to work with, you know, to sell his moves and to you know take karakaranas and stuff like that. So you can't just put him out there with anyone. And the gimmick and the outfit and all that stuff just didn't work um, for him. But he's always been a guy. Go back and watch like ECW. I'm um,
1: going to say real quick, current era. And it, granted, it's too soon. Who knows what'll happen? Yeah. But uh, guys in the NWA, Nick Aldis, I think is a superstar. Mm-hmm. I think he's got he checks he all the it. boxes. Um, uh James storm I still think has, has got yeah. you know uh a lot behind him and Eli Drake I think that guy is has got a ton of potential and uh, the the fact that those definitely Eli Drake and, and Nick all because they're a little younger James storm's been around for a while
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: when you know I think on that national platform if they're given the chance those guys could be huge stars
2: when you look at Eli Drake I just don't get what he doesn't have yeah, you can talk. You just you look at that guy and you see him. It's like, what can't this guy do? So I, I agree, he's one of those conundrums for me. WWE and you know, I'm always partial to the uh, to the smaller guys. Uh, to Chad Gable, you know, I just think, why why wouldn't you let this guy? And I know, like DiBiase is DiBiase because he's the million dollar man. But some Shane Douglas is a great example. He was much better as the franchise than he was as a, a cartoon character yeah. as as the Dean. I, I love Chad Gable. I wish he just had a chance to work. I feel like. If he was in AEW, he's one of those guys that like would be tearing down the house every every week. Um, I hope they they give Gable a run. I think he's special.
0: Yeah. Well, Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised he wasn't someone who asked for one of his for his release. Well, you know, you got to
1: look at. I, there's an echo somewhere. <laughs> are, are you guys hearing that? No. Okay. I, I'm hearing it. Okay. Uh, there is a thing where so far the, the guys that have went over so far that have really become, that have really gotten elevated. I don't know. I don't know who you would say yet. Brody Lee, it's too early to say, uh, Ty, you know, uh, uh, Ty Dillinger, uh, is Sean Spears. He's, he's not much higher up than he was. Um, so I mean, it's, there's no guarantees.
0: It's yeah, crowded, to me it's
1: a crowded space. When it
0: comes to AEW and the guys who succeed, to me, I'm thinking I'm looking I'm thinking of real creative guys. Guys who um have a lot of their own ideas. Like I think it was clear the reason I knew Moxie would do well, and this is before I even knew he was gonna go to AEW, when he just found out he was gonna leave, you know, WWE, he struck me as a guy who's really creative that has his own ideas, that no wants to cut his own promos, and he struck me as someone who I knew was gonna succeed. Um for someone that maybe doesn't isn't doesn't have that natural side of creativity, they might struggle in outside WWE where you do you know, you do you are gonna have to come up with your own promos and you're gonna have to come up with your own gimmick and you're gonna have to come up with your own ideas for your character. And not everyone's gonna be adept at that, even if they're good in markets.
1: Yeah, so what I'm talking about is someone who wasn't a main eventer from WWE that went to AEW mm-hmm. and was really uh elevated long term. And it, granted AEW hasn't been around that long. Cause Moxie obviously had a
2: a lot, a ton of success. He had line pay-per-views in WWE. So even Cody, I know Stardust at the end, was but Cody had a ton of success in WWE. So,
1: but I knew
0: Cody was going to be um, good uh, because Cody, 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 Cody,
1: Omega, Young Bucks were big before yeah. uh, with that audience before AEW started. So as far as since AEW started, you've seen guys like jungle boy elevated, mm-hmm. but to get to that, yeah. Yeah. MJF. Um, but to get that main event level, I think MJF so far, I think he's, he's been, uh, Sustaining, you know, being near the top of the card, he's the only guy to it. me that
2: makes sense to, to dethrone Moxley. It, it oh, won't yeah. be cage, but I think that MJF's the guy, Absolutely. and I think you want Mox chasing, right? That's the whole point. Um, keep the title run like Austin's first title run, keep it short. I, I think, especially in this odd, funky time, like go with the heel, go with MJF. I, I would be excited to see him as, as world champion. Um, I mean, I'm already watching every segment he's in, but. I think it would be even more can't miss with the belt around his waist yeah. I
1: think rebellion that should be uh, I am not uh, uh, all out that should be the match MJF yeah, versus Moxley and MJF wins the belt. Yeah, then, I think
0: yeah. he has unfinished business with Cody so I could see all out being in like an MJF well, think, Cody uh, match. You have too. MJF beat you have MJF beat uh, uh Moxley and then he
1: lifts Cody's uh step, you know. And and Or says, maybe Wardlow
2: costs him like Wardlow like says if you beat me or, because he's not supposed to talk or which I love the fact he shouldn't talk to me the Wardlow character got so much better when he stopped talking because right. it made it more even more despicable yeah. Wardlow blows it for MJF and then Cody finally gets his match I kind of hope that match doesn't happen for two more years it's a tough story to do in, in the modern era but yeah, I, I don't love, want them to split long, up yeah. what's that?
1: I don't want them to split up MJF and Wardlow yet I it's too Nor soon
2: but I, I, I liked how the, if Wednesday night is the beginning of a super slow burn yes. of him like... It reminds time. me of an, the, yeah, the the toy with Richard right. Pro, like the little kid, like just driving him crazy over. But I don't want to see that in six weeks. Right. I hope that's 18 months. Like Triple H, H and straight You stretch it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you love Wardlow by the end of it. He, you make him a star. Like you'll, you'll want to see this guy lash out kind of like Virgil DiBiase. And that was that was one of those old school ones that... They didn't rush it. They probably could have pulled the trigger a few times earlier and pulled the plug, and didn't. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm
3: with
0: you. I hope that lasts for a long time. All right, um, that's it for this episode. Uh, Justin, do you got? Do you want to plug anything? So this week, um, trying to just you know provide different points
2: of view. We had an interview with Hiroshi Tanahashi that was yesterday's week in wrestling column that ran yesterday and and Tana thought it was, he doesn't believe it's a good look to run pro wrestling shows uh, during the pandemic. So that was an interesting chance to hear from a a major star, major worldwide star in Tanahashi. Uh, Evan Husney's in that, that column too. And he talks about optimism for a season three of of dark side of the ring as well. And if, if they can make it happen, maybe doing things like traveling, like going to Japan and and different places. And um, my favorite part, I shouldn't say my favorite part of, uh, but i like to call him, we end with uh, Squared Circle Burger, who uh, J.L. Ryan in West Virginia is starting a wrestling-themed hamburger shop, and some of the burgers he's created are pretty special. So uh, that was yesterday. Uh, there was a story, it was a and a with, with um, Seth Rollins on Monday. There's a moose story on Tuesday. I'm jumping around. Becky Lynch was this past Sunday, and I don't think I'm going to have anything out tomorrow, but if you follow me on Twitter, I should have something new out on Saturday. I'm just kind of finalizing that now. But if you follow me on Twitter, at Justin Barrasso, there should be something new this Saturday. Uh,
1: Absolutely. And on Wrestling Inc., um, my interview with Ric Flair dropped this week. Uh, We also have uh, Kevin Smith, actor Kevin Smith, uh, who's directed a ton of classics, including the Jay and Silent Bob series. uh, ODB. Uh, the 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 composers of dark side of the ring who talk about the original concept of the show and then uh we got paul walter hauser coming up tomorrow uh who was the star yeah star richard jewell uh gives a big update on cobra kai season three and just talks all things aew double or nothing dynamite the mike tyson angle all that stuff so uh,
2: a bunch of cool stuff coming up Kind of everything right with like a celebrity rest. Like to me, he's a celebrity, celebrity wrestling fan. Like just, just passionate. You know what I mean? Like he maybe, maybe not like a Maria Munos type. Not to not Maria, but uh, I think Paul's very,
0: very good. Yeah, not that Maria's not.
3: <laughs> yeah, some
0: North Shore on North Shore uh, crime. Uh, yeah, and I got um, on wrestling tomorrow. I'll have an article alluded to earlier, talking kind of about the greatest wrestling match of all time stipulation that has been thrown into this backlash show kind of looking at like at taking that at face value and also kind of looking at like is it even possible to have the greatest wrestling match of all time which which the answer is it isn't because everyone has a different opinion and even if this match is absolutely mind-blowingly awesome people are going to be like "eh, it wasn't as good as taker versus sean at WrestleMania 25
1: plus in this environment oh yeah without a crowd it's impossible
0: but even with a crowd i feel like there's just like people have you know, people have their favorite all-time matches and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough for a match in 2020 to, to do that because, you know, there's all sorts of factors going in. But i will be up tomorrow morning on Um That's it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This was great. We'll um, be back again. Uh, thanks a lot. Have a good night.
2: Thanks so much for listening.